Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup was like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we... Uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer, answer and polls are the best way to get them talking. You can attach that to your your podcast there, and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans. And uh, <clears throat> with Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. And that's uh, that that is true. Um, <clears throat> I'm supposed to do a testimonial here. Um, but anyways, this is the, the podcast I use or the podcast uh, host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh, they're very good on just letting you do your thing uh, with uh, with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcast on Spotify, and, and this is uh, this is a great way to get started if you if you have ever thought about starting a podcast. This is where I would send anybody to go. Um, <coughs> Best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for Podcasters app, or you can go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. And yeah, if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast, or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify Podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to Spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. podcast for the working cowboy uh <clears throat> well we're here with uh returning guest uh jen hill uh recently relocated to nebraska and uh zach Sargent. uh are you still up in northern colorado 
Yes, sir. Greeley. Right on. And um, yeah, we're uh, we we've been visiting for for a few minutes and uh, talking shop, but we we wanted to sit down and uh, and discuss some of the things between. Uh, well, the the main the main driver of the the whole uh, ag industry is uh, you, you know you have your crop and you have your labor. It's uh, you know, there's no there's no more labor intensive industry than than agriculture and uh, <clears throat> cattle industry uh, kind of tends to be the most uh, cantankerous, I would think there. They're, you know, the, the farmers will bitch about everything, but they can they can always agree. And like it, it's there, there's there's far less uh, nuance in, in, a, in a tractor uh, uh, as opposed to cattle and horses and. And uh, and then the the people that that work cattle and horses uh, tend to be on a <laughs> on a completely different wavelength than most of society as well. So uh, there's uh, and there's I think we've all seen good outfits, we've all seen bad outfits, and we've all seen some really like really excellent employees or or uh, or bosses, and we've seen just like for for as majestic as the cowboys made out to be i've known some real pieces of shit that cowboy for a living <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh and, i mean there i i i will say they're 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 uh they're fairly rare like just like the true pieces of shit but they're they're out there and uh and you know some of those guys can be pretty goddamn good hands too uh but it's uh so I don't know. There's, it's, it's, it's a weird, weird type of subsector of life that we live. And, uh, um, I guess, uh, Jen, you want to kind of lead it off and talk about your, you guys' operation and then, uh, kind of what you guys look for. And yeah, so we have tried just about everything over all the years. Um, we primarily looked for a general, all around ranch hand. And that means that it's got to be somebody who's not only willing to sit in a saddle. Sometimes you got to pick up a pair of fencing pliers and fix fence. Sometimes you got to work in the corral. Like there, there are other aspects to being a cowboy. And so we've done all of it. We've hired based off of, um, you know, ads in local newspapers we've run the facebook ads joined the groups the ranch world ads and then last year we wound up breaking down and entering into the h2a program uh, who frozen i freeze One job, I think, off of Ranch World Ads, and it was not a, wasn't my type of ranch, um, and that's okay. You know, I, you're, what you're facing, I think, isn't a unique struggle. Even when we look for guys, I mean, we, we have trouble. Good help is hard to come by, and when you find it, you need to pay it as well as you can. I mean, obviously, you can't break into the poorhouse trying to be good to your help, um, but I always tell people, you know, it's it's really tough from in which my perspective is going to be skewed. Um, I'm in a high risk feed yard now, um, but previous to that, I pretty much stuck to large ranching operations. 
that's what I wanted to do. I had a lot of money wrapped up in tack. I grew up on large ranches in the Panhandle of Texas. So I wanted to be horseback and I wanted my leg swinging. And I was usually pretty vocal with people that, you know, if you're looking for a fencer or a hay farmer or something, I'm, I'm not your guy. And you don't want me to be your guy because if you put me on hay equipment, I will put you in the poorhouse quickly. I'm horrible <laughs> with equipment. But I think, uh, you know, I really think if this is, I'm trying to really examine what I say because I, everything is so misconstrued nowadays. Looking for an all around hand is going to be tough because if you're a really good cowboy for a living, and this isn't universal, but if you've spent a lot of time trying to be a really good cowboy for a living and learn the etiquette, learn how to read cattle and learn to do a good job, there are going to be certain jobs that it's not that you don't necessarily want to do, but you do also maybe feel a little bit like, you know, if I wanted, well, let's just use your example. You know, y'all are looking for an all around guy that, you know, you need to, you know, you said run some equipment and, you know, build some fence. I don't think that's out of the realm of what a guy should be expected to do. Yeah. But you're going to have to get really specific about what you're wanting. So the odds of you finding a guy who is really qualified horseback, not that it's impossible, but he's going to be harder to draw. He's going to require more money to show up out there because he's got to tell you, you know, if my legs aren't swinging every day, um, there's a price for that, but it's a pretty high price. And it's, in my opinion, there's no way around it. I can train a guy to run a feed truck pretty quick. I can train a guy to run a loader. I can train a guy to run a tractor. I can train a guy to weld. I can train a guy to build a fence. And I can do all of that in a pretty timely fashion. If you give me three months, I'll have a guy to where he's capable doing that. If you tell me I'm going to give a guy three months and he needs to be a good cowboy, there's no way. Not it's a impossible. chance. Not a chance. I can't do it. So I think to really get the kind of help people are looking for, you've got to kind of pick a direction. So if you want a maintenance man that you're not really concerned with his cowboy talent, I think that's out there. If you're wanting a really good cowboy to play maintenance man, he's out there, but he's probably going to be pretty pricey for the most part. Mm. Um, and I, you know, and like I said, I, I don't want to overspeak because I'm danger not speaking for every cowboy out there. Um, that I, you know, a lot of the really good help out there I've worked around, they don't mind building a little fence or something like that. But what they do absolutely prioritize typically is you got to leave them alone if you hire them to do a job. Um, that's you know big. they take pride in being able to do that you know and one reason I'm still where I'm at is they leave me alone they pretty much turned me loose to take care of these high risk cattle they saw that I was capable of course there was a trust period there to figure out if you're an idiot or not and once I showed that my death loss was you know reasonable and I, I got my stuff done in a timely manner they leave me alone and they pay me uh, pretty well and I'm about well, obviously I won't say how much but I'm paid pretty well here <clears throat> it's not a job I love necessarily I don't always love the labor I have to do a lot of stuff I would prefer not to mm -hmm. um, but there was a price tag on it and they found it. and the price tag was number one pay me well and number two leave me alone and trust me that I'm gonna do the absolute best I can for you and it's gonna be a quality product <clears throat> uh, see I'm, I'm in the exact same position here Zach uh, <clears throat> like I in the winter, I know that I'm going to be riding Holsteins. I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't care for it, but I also, I got a house on five acres. Uh, I live in a, one of the most beautiful valleys on the face of the earth. And like I said, uh, 
like I, I got a really good working relationship with my with my boss and he he leaves me the hell alone he's like hey this is what we got to get done and he'll tell me like hey when we're doing this i'm going to be a little more involved and I'm like hey that's fine that, that that's fine and then once once we get through that little, like little like little micromanagement period that uh at the beginning of like a new new bunch of cattle or something you know we get through the the wave and i'm i'm usually a guy like kind of holding them back like he, he's wanting to mass treat everything i was like hey come on i'll just like ease up ease up let, let me let me do my job because guess what i'm the one doing it like um sure. the mass treatment is, is gonna help me more than it's gonna help you like it's it's gonna help yeah. it's gonna help my my sanity more than it's gonna help your numbers it's uh sure. and so but i but i'm you're paying me for a reason i'm just like hey but i'll tell you when if we need a mask let i'll let you know but let's 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 make them prove it you know there, there's a lot there's a lot of cattle that like you got to make them prove it that they they really need the whole pin needs sick uh or other, otherwise you're gonna you're gonna cause more problems down the line but there's that comes with experience and like you were saying you're not gonna there's no way you can teach that to a guy in, in 90 days because like he, he's only seen one season in 90 days and, uh, and you, you need to see like multiple years of every season, having a, having a rough winter, having a dry winter, having a you know experience in that and, and knowing how your cattle's going to react, knowing how to keep, take care of your horses as well. And, um, but like you said, there's a lot of other stuff that I got to do as well. Uh, run, run some equipment here and there, but I've made it known that like, Hey, you're paying me as a, <clears throat> as a cow boss. So that, that's, that's what I'm going to focus on. Like the, the cattle come first. Uh, if I got to go weld up a rail or something later on, that's fine, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to let the cattle suffer to go, to go do some welding. And, uh, <clears throat> but uh, but also, I know guys that, uh, like you're saying, they're they're decent enough cowboys, and that that's really I I think that's kind of the ideal for for like a family operation is uh, is a guy that's a decent enough cowboy, but uh, but also likes to weld and, and do shit like that, you know, because yep. th- those guys aren't aren't quite as independent minded as say me and you. <laughs> and uh and they don't mind uh <clears throat> stepping off Real the horse. Labor. Yeah. Sure. And uh maybe we're just a little bit lazy, Zach. I don't know if it, that's uh if, if, when it comes down to it. It's uh we we get a little sophisticated with our laziness though. Well, I'll I'll tell you it gets bad enough that when we had the H2A worker this last summer and he asked us through Google Translate of course for a pair of fencing pliers to have in his saddlebag so that as he was finding fence that was down, he could repair it. You could have knocked me over with a damn feather. I had never had a cowboy ask for a pair of fencing pliers before. And I was like, well, I don't know. Look around while you're up there on the fence. I'm sure there's 30 pair of them thrown in the ground up there from the last ones we've given out. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's got to be some, some give and take some, yeah, while you're out riding, I get that the writing is your job, but Sometimes you just got to put the damn fence back up. Well, no, there's that too, but, um, and you know, and I hate to jump in here, Matt, I'm not going to interrupt you too much. Go for I, it. I'll also say, you know, I've, I've had camps on very large ranches, um, had to maintain them. I mean, uh, you know, you, 
Uh, you fix the fences. I mean, you just do. It's your country, and you're expected to tend to that country. Uh, you know, I really don't want you having the sour. And I, I, in your position, I would probably have a sour an opinion on Cowboys if that was what you were running into. Yeah. Um, it, it's you know, it's the same reason to be honest. And I don't mean this offensively. I mean, this is just I've got a pretty sour opinion of a lot of ranch owners. And I, like I said, my experience has been definitely more tailor made towards large corporate type ranches that haven't been family operation. Um, and it's usually, uh, it's, it's really hard to get over some of that bias, but I would preface that with, um, I, I think you just, just from that alone, what you just said, you know, they wouldn't even get off and, you know, patch up the fence. I, I'm, I would say it sounds to me like you definitely ran into a bad health problem. Um, I don't think you've run into a cowboy problem. I think you run into a bad health problem. And those are two set in. Once again, I, I worked for a guy who owned cattle and ran and hired cowboys, and he hated horses, cowboys, and dogs. Not in that specific order either, but <clears throat> he hated them. And he constantly told me, you know, you just you can't get cowboys to do anything. And shoot, we rebuilt probably, you know, 25 miles of new barbed wire fence. We improved the herd. That herd hadn't been cold on in years. We improved the country, got really serious about grass management, controlled burns. And I think in a way he realized what he was running into was not a cowboy problem. He was running into a bad health problem. Yeah. Um, And also in the same note, I I don't blame all ranch owners. I don't think they're all incompetent. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no way around it. Some of the ones I work for, they've got a revolving door of help. And then, you know, if you ask them, well, you know, by God, Cowboys don't stay. And it's like, well, not here. You know, they said it's not here anyway. Um, sorry to jump in. That was, I, I do feel for you, but I don't want you to get too soured on Cowboys because I, I don't think it was necessarily a Cowboy problem. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, you, uh, you, yeah, that, that was about as well put as I could, I could have done it as um that that well said um i i i i have zero tolerance for for just laziness like that like i i don't know how many times i've yelled at at my guys because they'll uh they'll i can hear them on the phone calling maintenance about a water tank and i was like did you check the fucking float step (laughs) off and check the goddamn float don't make the guy who's welding up an H brace over here shut down what he's doing, roll his cords up, and come over here so he can lift the float up because it got stuck on the bottom of the tank. Jesus Christ, man! You know, like I, 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 and that's that's almost verbatim what what I've said to to several guys. And like, yeah, they're, they're I, I don't, I don't abide by that. Like, I, if uh, if I'm not a horseback, uh, you know, then then you know if it ain't a horseback that i don't want it no i i there there's a lot of stuff i think is a better done a horseback i think sorting cattle's a better done a horseback i think loading trucks is better done a horseback anything just about anything cattle related i truly believe is better done a horseback but a part of taking care of your cattle is uh is keeping your fences up I I've I just I've, take care of your country in general, you know. I, I mean, that's used, just that part of the deal. Yeah, I've used uh, I've used my own hobbles several times to to uh, to put up a rail until somebody could get over there with a welder. 
<laughs> yeah, like I and I expect that out of my guys too. Like I'm not necessarily use your own hobbles, but figure something out to tie up uh, tie up a fence. Or, or if you're if you're out in the open country, yeah, fix the damn fence. You know, like that's that's oh, that's your I, that's I, part I of your people, job. I tell people that two out of ten of pigeon strings I cut is for tying down cattle, and the other eight are for tying up gates. For the most part, mm-hmm. I mean that's just how it is. You know. Yep. Yeah. That uh, I, I'm, same I'm way. I, I'm the same yeah. way. Like I, I just don't. I, I very rarely actually tie cattle down. It's uh, I, I always have something on because it's. Uh, just to tie a gate up, usually. Sure. And I, I'm sorry for interjecting there, uh, ma'am. I, I I I didn't mean to take up so much of your time. I was just <laughs> just just defending defending my my people, if it, as it were. As it okay, were. so uh, now I'm going to throw my own people under the bus, though, and say that the second biggest problem we have keeping cowboys is the women. These guys will come out when they're young mm-hmm. and single and being yep. out on the range sounds real fun. And cowboying is, you know, what they always dreamed about. And then they go and get married and it all mm-hmm. goes to shit real quick. Mm-hmm. The wife isn't interested in that lifestyle. I mean, every time like clockwork, get married. Yep. On. yep. Yep. I, you know, I, my wife um, is from Phoenix, Arizona, and she didn't know cowboys existed. I mean, she literally thought once we whipped the Indians, that was it for the cowboy, too. She <laughs> had no idea that we were around. She didn't know any, anything about the culture. And uh, when I told her what I did, she was pretty confused just because she, you know, it didn't register. At the time, I was on a wagon in northern Arizona, so I was kind of telling her what I did, and in her mind, at first, it sounded very romantic. You know, you think of because everyone thinks of the ranches with the big red barn with the mountains in the background and the wood yep. post fence, and you know, it's this big, beautiful thing. Well, the first ranch I hauled her to was in Canyon City, Colorado, and we got up there in this little, it's an old two bedroom cabin, you know, spider infested, you know, last remodeled sometime previous to the Reagan presidency, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, and when, you know, and I was used Back to it, they I made like, stuff worth a shit. and i was you know for me it i thought oh yeah this is you know good enough man like said shoot it's a house and she was mortified i mean Mm -hmm. and mind you i had just got done living in a bunkhouse with pretty much no windows and before that living outside so my standard of living was incredibly low and i was pretty satisfied with that low standard of living Mm -hmm. there are certain jobs there are certain jobs i can't take now and it's not that I can't. I'm not cussing my wife. She's been awesome. She's followed my lead, and she's trusted me to take care of stuff. But there, there's uh, there are certain places that I won't move her. You know, and you're absolutely right. A uh, married man has, I mean, his, the list of stuff he needs to stay somewhere is going to be longer. Um, and you know, right, wrong, whatever. That you're, I, I see your point of, you know, you can get a single cowboy and throw him in a range TP a lot of times. They're probably not going to stay around forever, but they don't bitch too much about the living conditions. But as soon as you add a woman into it, well, she's not living in a damn range teepee. You know, that's and uh, I, I do understand where you're coming from because there are jobs I can't take because of the living condition. Well, and so there's the other wrench that gets thrown in with that, right? Yep. So now we're down to young single guys. Mm-hmm. But the young single guys, they aren't like you when you were younger. These guys have to have cell phone. They have to have Wi-Fi. They can cowboy, but they're not going to do it if they can't get on Snapchat. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I know the type. I know that culture yeah. you're referring to, and um, I always kind of like, like I said, I wanted. I grew up on big ranches. I, I enjoyed the big remote ranches, 
what I'm seeing from a lot of the younger guys, it's a little strange for me. Um, as a young guy, I couldn't wait to fire out and travel. And the only thing I enjoyed more than starting a new job was quitting my current one. I just <laughs> I love it to go to the next place. Um, I I do kind of see what you're saying though, because and I'm not I'm not you know old timer in anybody. There's a lot of really really talented young cowboys out there right now doing it really good, mm-hmm. but. I do. There is. There, there seems to be a bit of a culture shift where you're getting a lot more home guard type guys. They don't want to leave home. They don't really want to see any country and kind of their expectations of what a lot of these ranches should be is um, pretty unrealistic. I mean, if you're, you know, we're, nobody here is dumb. I mean, you're not going to make a billion in the cattle market and the odds of you getting to live in a nice four bed, two bath house on the outskirts of town while you're punching cows for a living is pretty slim, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, the best I can blame that on maybe is culture. It seems like a lot of the real young guys don't want a cowboy if nobody's looking, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I wish I had a solution for that, but it's cultural. And I, a lot of the guys that have, that, with the new upswing, I think, in the Yellowstone and some of the stuff that we're starting to see more interest in the cowboy culture, I think you kind of want to beat your chest a little more and say, you know, look at me doing it. Yeah. And when you lose the opportunity and say, look at me doing it, it loses a lot of that sex appeal. And yeah. I, I'm sympathetic to that, definitely. Trying to get guys to come in and do a job where there's not much glory. It's mostly employment. And I, I am sympathetic to your cause there. I mean, we run into it too. It's really damn tough. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where like we, I, I, I feel like we, me and me and you, Zach, we kind of came up in like the, like the golden age of cowboy. And like we, we uh, we're like, there's just enough of those old timers to like, keep us rooted in the, in the past, but that with the advent of social media, like there's been such an intermingling of different styles of cowboy and, and mm-hmm. like, like you see more hybrid styles than, than, uh, than ever before. I mean, there's, uh, like, oh, I, yeah. I don't know how many guys you'll see with, uh, with a swell fork saddle, uh, wrapped in mule hide and, uh, <laughs> or, or or how many uh how many wade trees with uh with a grazer type bit hanging from their their horse's mouth you know it just yeah man i i see guys wearing flat hats that have a horn knot yeah you know and not that that's not that that's bad or anything but it's definitely an indicator of um kind of how much exposure guys are getting now because guys and a, and up, a willingness like to learn too Yep. Yep. And that's you know i grew up there in the texas panhandle and when you talked about dallying i was like yeah yeah I've seen some team ropers and stuff do it. And the occasional guy, you know, I, I heard of a guy doing it, dragging calves or something like that, but you just, you just didn't see it. You know I mean? Yeah. It tied off. And I, mm-hmm. As far as dallying on slick, I, I would have, I've been like, what? I mean, yeah, you know, same I've here. seen a lot of slick horns cause they have a horn knot on them, but I, I had no idea what you'd have been talking about. If you just yeah. said, I dally on slick, I'd be like, did you, did your rubber burn off? You know like, what happened? Yeah. And I, it, it just culturally wasn't something I knew about. And was completely foreign to me until I got up north. And even like a buckaroo, um, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you see the Buck Brandemans and stuff who were kind of the big name guys, the Ray Hunts. But I had no idea what, you know, a buckaroo really was or what they did or where mm-hmm. they were. And I knew they were somewhere north of Arizona, but that was about the extent of it, you know. Yeah. 
Well, and and now like I'm seeing a lot of these younger guys on uh, on like Instagram and and uh, like TikTok uh, getting more into like the old style, like where they're they're just like, nope, it's uh, tie hard or nothing, or you know, it's just like like where they're like setting that hard boundary where it's you know it's puncher versus buckaroo again, and like I thought we were kind of over that, you know, like I because <laughs> it seemed like there was. Not maybe not completely over it, but like it seemed like that was almost a thing of the past, and now it's like the younger yeah. crowd bringing it back. It and I, man, it, you know, and I, I don't think it'll ever go away because I don't think know, so. I, I, hate de- I hate to deviate from the topic, but in Trails Plowed Under, which I don't know if you've ever read or not, mm-hmm. um, really good book. But even they talk about kind of the there was the buckaroo, and they kind of made fun of him for you know looking at his shadow and that yep. kind of stuff, and. You know, the rest of them were just dirty cow punchers and, you know, by God, they worked hard or whatever, you know, but it's a, it's been a debate since we figured out how to swing a leg over a horse and go catch it. And, uh, I, 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 I doubt in my lifetime it'll end. I don't think so either, but but I I think it's like there, it seems like the younger crowd's kind of making it more of a, I don't know, people like yeah, people like team sports, I guess, and and that. that yeah, is- no, and I, yeah, I I get exactly what you mean. I'm leaning, you know. I grew up tied off country, and I went and saw the guys dallying on slick up north. I'll dally on slick horn a lot. I'll dally on rubber, and I tie off a lot. For the most part, if somebody starts telling me how to rope, doing it well is my best way, in my opinion, the best way you can do it. Yeah. I don't give a shit what you're, you know, I rope with sixty foot guys all the time, and I'll be tied off, and we don't care. Mm. Nobody mentions it. Uh, we all work for a living. You know what I mean? It would be like if you were a trucker. I mean, whether you drive a Kenworth or a Peterbilt, you might tease each other, but just get down the road. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's just the way of doing your job. Um, yeah, I ha- I had this this deal drawn for me, and it's uh, it's a puncher tied hard. Yeah. with yeah. Uh, with a buckaroo coming in, uh, sure. to, to catch heels, and I, I just you know. When it comes to cows, and like we'll get back to the ranch topic here, with, with you know, as cowboys, we like to bloviate on things. Philosophizing <laughs> is the is the most underrated part of cowboying. Like people don't don't mention it enough, but philosophizing is a, a a huge part of the cowboy and uh, major part. Wow. <clears throat> um, you're, you're a good philosopher. Yeah, but I, I think yeah. you'll. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you know. Uh, the more the more you see on social media because there there's there's just some things like you can do like tied off like when you see something get just jerked down pretty as as you want like uh that that you can't do that when you're when you're roping with 60 foot i mean kind of but not really uh right but like when you when you see a guy uh just take a wrap on a slick horn and just just got smoke blowing up off the horn and then take one more wrap and stretch that calf out right at the fire like that. You can't do sure. You can't do that when you're tied off either. And it's just, <laughs> there's no, no, yeah, you're right. And I think and, when, when the more people see of that, like, cause the first time I saw, saw somebody burning hide on, on a slick horn, uh, I was like, well, that's pretty fucking cool. I want to learn how to do that. And, uh, <clears throat> and I was, I was a, a dally on rubber tie tie hard type of guy uh, and now i like mm-hmm. I, I haven't i haven't tied tied hard in forever i haven't had uh rubber on my horn in three four years something like that 
And, uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was, it was seeing a video or something like that. And I was like, well, that's pretty fucking cool. I don't know. There's just, there, there's different things about different styles of cowboy and that you're not going to get from another style. And, and they're all just really fucking cool. And, and, and when you can capture it, like as, as cheap as a GoPro is nowadays, I was, t- you know, I was, I was telling somebody like you can, you can buy a GoPro for 250 bucks and take like a excellent quality video and, sure. and and you get to like people get to share that shit out and it's uh that that's one of the I, I, that's one thing i think it's going to keep our uh you know our culture relevant is uh and but that's going to take a cocky young fella to to go out and rope some shit too to to it make will. those videos so anyhow um jen your thoughts yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i actually have a question for zach Yes. We know that in the hired hand world, wages tend not to be super awesome. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of fringe benefits, non-wage benefits can ranchers offer that guys are looking for? I mean, meat is kind of the standard, but what else is out there that you've seen that is good, that works? Well, um, you know, believe it or not, and I know if you have fuel tanks telling guys a tank of fuel a month, you get a tank of fuel a month. It doesn't sound like much, but if you're living That's on like those ranches, right now, are you kidding? It, well, I, exactly, and also, you know, and but you know, if you live on those remote ranches, and it's like, look, I don't mind living out here, but it, it's an hour and a half just for me to go to the grocery store and back. Uh, for me, um, on a couple of ranches I worked on, they'd say, you know, we'll give you a tank of fuel a month to get to town, and that was big. And I know it doesn't sound that big, but. I mean, you got to think that's a full time, right? Like right now, like you said, that's worth gold. That's big, you know. And if you can get guys worked into a profit share program of some sort, or even just let's say, you know, we'll give you a heifer calf a year. Yeah. Um, and we'll run her up to, let's say, you know, we're going to cap you at 10 head, but we'll give you a heifer calf a year and we'll provide the bull. Um, that's a hell of a lot of incentive for a guy to want to stick around. And, yeah. It's also a good incentive for a guy to get through his shit because if his stuff is running with your stuff, he's going to be worried about his stuff too. And he's going to be worried about whether that fence is up or not. Um, The best way I can tell people to keep help around cowboys aren't necessarily team players. We're all a little bit selfish. um, And that's just how it is. But if you can work them, work them into the fold without breaking yourself, but give them, a reason to want to stay because if you're offering beef 2000 a month in a house, you and every other ranch out there, that was used to be a running joke with me and a buddy. And if he'd piss a boss off, he'd say to hell, I'll find somebody else to pay me 1800 a month. You know what I mean? It's not hard. Yeah. Um, so you have got to set yourself. A, you need to have a high standard for your help. And you have to have a reason to set that standard. So mm-hmm. if you say, look, we're offering you a heifer calf a year, tank of gas a month, you know, house, pay, beef, benefits. Um, that's going to go a long way for drawing in good help. A long way. And, and if um, you if you promise something, like hold up to that promise. Like uh, that's one of the things that uh, like, like kind of soured me on cactus is, you know, like we're, we're going to promote, promote, promote from within. And, yep. uh, you know, here I am three, three years later, uh, doing the cattle manager job, but I'm not drawing c- cattle manager wages. Like what, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and, uh, yep. yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's like that, that riding for the brand thing that wasn't invented by a cowboy that was invented by a rancher. 
and uh, absolutely. And, and, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, and I have no problem riding for the brand if the brand's worth riding for. That's that's I, that's I'm, that's the that's the end you know, long you, and short of it. If the brand's worth riding for, I'll ride for it. it you know, it, for me, it's always been a, if I really believe. I've had several bosses that left, and whenever they quit, I followed wow. them out because. They were so good to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ranch, no, no offense. The ranch, I was like, it's a ranch. You know, they they don't even. If the owner showed up today, he couldn't point me out of a line. Of but I would go through hell and back for that manager. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, if he, as long as he's staying, I'll stick around. Um, building loyalty is big, and also a little piece of advice that I'm gonna give. A single guy's never going to stay. If a guy wants the cowboy and stuff and he's single, he's just not. You might get him for a year. Yep. Uh, but he's going to hunt greener pasture somewhere. He's going to miss his friends or he's going to do what every young guy does and say, by God, I can day work and ride colts and nobody will ever boss me again and they'll starve. But, you know, that they don't know that. They think it's going to work. Married men are going to stay around if you give them something to stay for. Um, and if you're looking for that good hand, you already discussed it, the wife. Um, if you can't keep the wife happy, they're not going to stay, but that can come as cheap as a good house. Yeah. And I'm not talking about a mansion, but something that's painted clean and has a toilet that's not yellow and a shower that runs. Um, something that they're not just flat embarrassed to be in. Doesn't smell like um, mouse shit. That's it. You, you know, that you don't have to close off a room because the floor caved in, which actually happened to me and my wife. Um, I, I wish I could give some, you know, some better advice because the truth is cowboys are contrary as hell. Um, they're opinionated. We're all pretty sure we're smarter than the next guy. And, but there's a lot of really good help out there who are really invested in doing a good job for you. And they're not looking to make six thousand a month. They're looking for you to trust them, involve them. And if I were you and you find good help, have a lot of discussions with them about what they're needing. Um, they're not gonna come and tell it to you normally, and if they do, they're mad. Yeah. And I'm speaking from experience. You know what I mean? If by the time they get to the point to where they bring it up to you, they're usually pissed off. Mm. Don't be scared to ask them, you know, is everything okay? Uh, pick up running decent and then he might say no the damn heater been out of it for three months you know and you're like what you know okay let's get that fixed we didn't know that or you know no the plumbing in my house busted and i'm still waiting on someone to fix it and it's like wait you know we we didn't know that and guys will quit over that but if you're just willing to ask them you know what what do you need everything okay you got what you need to get your job done you would be shocked how far that goes for the average working cowboy to realize uh, you know i've got stuff to do and they're going to give me what I need to get it done. Yeah. Um, at least for me and the circle I run with, just knowing you are involved, because uh, especially the old time ranchers, their motto was, I want it to be good and I want it to be free. And, you know, which is just, I mean, that as we all well know, that's an impossible standard. Um, it, nobody wants to get rich doing this, but they do want, uh, they, they want to feel like you give a shit about them. And y'all may have already done everything I've listed. Y'all may have already tried it. And in that case, I, I guess we would have to go a little bit deeper and kind of say, well, what's the what's the day to day on the ranch look like? You know, what what are what are you asking your guys to do that mm. day? You know, and that that that, that. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about your ranch to give any 
any, you know, set in stone advice, I guess, is a thing either. So then my next question is, where should rangers look for guys like you? Because I can tell you the last time we went with like the Hired Hands Facebook page, I got back a response from a kid who told me he just wanted to smoke pot, drink beer and slap some leather. How about a hire? He was 18, so like two of those three things weren't even legal for him. And then I had uh, Trixie from Wyoming, whose son was getting out of the federal pen next month. It was going to be real strong, and how about a hire? Didn't know anything about horses, but she was sure he was going to be real strong, you know, all that time sure. lifting weights. Yeah, he should yeah. that wasn't the right place to look. Where should sure. people be looking? Well, almost everybody I know that has hired good help um, either you know a good local guy that you're in good with and they want to come or they come to you when I mean and that good help shows up to good places typically yeah um, at, you know, hard for the mom and pops though that are only running one or two hired hands a- you absolutely know? It, it's a lot harder for you guys and you know the, if I was going to say where to look Always look local if you can. That's not always true. There's guys, you know, that are coming from everywhere in the U.S. that are good help and will make you a hand. But I would always advise people start local because those guys normally have roots in the area. They don't want to fire out and leave if they're married. You know, that they may have kids in school or something like that. So start local. Um, I don't know if y'all use any day work or anything like that. A lot of times, if you have a day worker who's kind of your go-to guy, Try to work a deal with him, whether that's, you know, if you still want a day work and, you know, we'll we'll work something out where you can go and help the neighbors mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff as long as your priorities are here. And I know people start thinking, you know, by God, that, that he can't do that. You know, we need him here. And good help's not cheap. Um, and there's no way. And y'all have found that out. Like we have trying to hire people like everywhere else. I mean, if you can ever get good help, um, if you'll just try to cater a little bit, man, it eases a lot of headaches. I mean, you can't bend over, but you know, bend over and let them give it to you. But you know, within reason, be willing to work with them. Um, well, and and you're you're in the the Sandhills now, and uh, there's oh. there's a lot of lot of really good stand up cowboys in the in the Sandhills, like some yeah. some excellent hands, and and a lot of them listen to this show. Uh, like, I, I, like that, that's, uh, like, uh, Corey Seaman, TJ Fenster, Kane Boswell. There's, there's a lot of, lot of guys I know just through this show. Uh, Chaz, uh, Chaz Johnson. I, shoot, I, I married him and his wife. Uh, they live out there in the Sandhills and, and they're good people, good cow hands. And like, like Nebraska's got a lot of good cow hands. I know a lot, I know a lot of people think it's just all corn huskers and shit. And it is. But there's there's some really good cowboys out there. So you you honestly yeah. like we, we can put the word out for you and uh and but it, it matters enough that that was part of our consideration when we were deciding <laughs> to sell and walk away from the old place, you know, knowing okay, well where we're going, labor's gonna be a hell of a lot easier mm. because it matters and it's hard. Yeah. Sure. Now where where were you located at previous to the Nebraska move? Yeah, so we were like extreme northwest Colorado on the Utah line there. 
Oh, y'all were okay. Gotcha. So like extreme. I, I I've been up yeah, at Walden North Park. That's about as far northwest as I've been. Um, yeah, we were further west than that. Yeah, y'all were y'all were further west than that. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, so if you don't, could you by any chance kind of tell me what your job description you posted was? I mean, can I? I I've never read it. I guess I'm not sure what you were looking yeah, for. Yeah. So and we, you know, we've only been here where we are now a couple of months, so we haven't even thought about what it might look like here right now. We don't know what kind of labor we're looking at. But before, <laughs> it was always a range rider. You know, someone that was willing to sometimes live in cow camp, sometimes yeah. be at base. Mm-hmm. And just heard, you know, just heard the damn cows. <laughs> Man, the range rider deal, in my opinion, is probably the toughest hiring going on right wow. now. Wagons are right next to it. Um, you got to find a special. I tried it, and I tried the range rider deal, and I wasn't a very good range rider. I like isolation and cow camps and stuff, but even that, I mean, that's it's it's really hard. You have to really hunt and dig for the right kind of guy. And, and the right, it, you know, the guy's probably got some sketchy shit in his background, too. And that's, and, you know, yeah. if, if he just you wants to do that, some leather. Yeah. yeah. And it, well, and, if, you know, if you want, it, you know, that's, I'll tell you this, okay? And that is something else that I try to tell people to be open minded about this, but two of the best cowboys that I've heard of or known of. Gary Edwards, who everyone called Hootie Bob Edwards, he spent a lot of time in the Panhandle of Texas and up in Montana and various places. And the other was Cole Morehouse out of Arizona. And both of those men were alcoholics. They were outlaw SOBs. I mean, Cole Morehouse on one occasion was leaving Seligman, Arizona, where he was pulled over for DWI. Cole has passed on now, but Cole stepped out of his car, beat the hell out of the cop, handcuffed the cop to his car, and airmailed the cop's radio out there. And then Cole drove on into Pike at the Diamond A's. You know, it they were really qualified and they were really good. And they absolutely live on the fringes of society. One of the best range riders I know, two of them are Phil and Jill McGinnis. I rode with them in Wyoming. They're great. Um, they may listen to this, and if they do, I'm not bad mouthing you guys. But you guys both know you're not social butterflies. Um, <laughs> Phil is, uh, I mean, that both of them enjoy isolation. They really aren't. They're not outlawed, but they're not super interested in modern society. But they're good help, and uh, I, I would say keep an open mind about your qualifications because we would all love to have the sober, clean cut guy mm. who wants to make it to Sunday service all the time. But if you're going to be, if you're going to live like that, you've got to be a little off in the head. I yeah. mean, I don't mean that badly, yeah. but, but to live Absolutely. and thrive in that environment, um, you can't be a completely well-rounded person. Same mm. with the wagons. If you're going to be really good wagon help, um, you're probably not the most well-rounded individual to ever walk the earth. Hell, mm. I'm not. And I'm pretty well adjusted. And I have holes, I promise. Yeah. Um, and and the guy uh, that just wants to stay at the ranch, say like for, for you guys, I don't know what your, your housing would look like for, for uh, your, your help, but I'd assume would be like a place, you know, right there on the ranch. And, and the guy that wants to stay on the ranch all the time probably has a reason to stay out of town, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a ton of truth to that. And so I, that would be a little piece of advice I might give you is don't get too close minded on 
Well, and of course, if a kid messages you like, you know, I just want to fucking, you know, smoke weed and slap leather, it's like, calm down, Kimasavi. You know, like, like <laughs> yeah, you, 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 so here's, here's yeah. the fringes of society league because we've gone that route too. And then I've got the sheriff calling asking if I know where their last known location is. And it's like, yeah. well, shit. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and I will, was that guy good help? No, he was crazy as all hell. <laughs> well, crazy and good help can sometimes intermingle. <laughs> but, you know, it. No, he was crazy, and he had the wife problem. So there was oh, just a lot. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot going. And you know, so y'all are out of the range rider business now. I assume yeah, with this yeah. move to Nebraska, it's a lot easier to find a camp man than it is to find a good range rider. It's a lot easier to find that kind of guy, in my opinion. Um, I'll tell you this too: if a lot of guys, I don't know how your ranch is set up. And I, I hate to give this kind of advice because nothing's universal. Y'all know that. We know that. Um, a lot of times, if you say we all live at headquarters, you would be shocked how many guys at Coles and how many good guys at Coles. And I know that sounds counterintuitive. You want to keep tabs on kind of what's going on or you want the easy access to talk to that guy. But a lot of the really good guys that are really good camp men, um, they want to camp. I mean, they want their own spot. They don't want to have a a morning meeting about what they're doing that day. They usually are like, <laughs> we're, I know all, we're all a little bit libertarian, as it is, and, yep. and and yep. the fact is, leave that, me the fuck alone. <laughs> that's it. And you know, like, and gosh, this is. I'm really trying to examine what I say because, you know, if you if you say something stupid, I'm going to get roasted. And I'm trying not to say anything <laughs> stupid, but. You have to find a line there to where if you do find somebody that's good, they're probably going to be independent and do your absolute damnedest best to nurture that independence. Because my dream employee, if I want to hire a guy, is I don't have to talk to you, period. You know Mm. what you're doing. There is no need for me to call you. If you call me, I want to know it's serious. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. if you call me, this needs to be a need-to-have conversation. I, I don't need to hear from you every day. You don't need to hear from me every day. I, I, I almost really uh, generational differences with this because a lot of what you've talked about, you know, the morning meetings and the babysitting and all that kind of shit is stuff that I've seen with a lot of those ranch owners that are 50 years old plus, you know, it's it's how they used to run it when they were able to get 12 guys living in a bunkhouse, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. I think that's maybe going to kind of change with our generation because we're all sick of that shit too. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. And you know, if you hire me to do a job and you call me every day to cover what job needs done, I'm just like, you know, hire some idiot. You don't need me here because, I mean, you're going to call and tell everybody every damn step to make. I don't have a real job. You know, it's like you're 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 basically my babysitter and mm-hmm. I'm your I'm your <laughs> kill. I, I, yeah. A lot of good help just won't show up for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't blame you. I'm the same way. I, I'm not showing up if someone's going to call right. me every morning. I, I almost I I almost enjoy it more when we're shorthanded and I get to ride by myself every day. <laughs> because like guess what uh, if if i uh typically if we we got somebody new coming on i've got to train them and oh, that, God. and yeah. that's that's like um like just count on getting half done what you want to get done in the day uh and that and that's that's being optimistic getting half yeah, done what you want to get done and um, and then i've got to talk like 
I, I got this podcast that I run too. And, and most of my day, it, and it works because most of my day is spent alone and I can listen to podcasts. I can read an article when I'm, you know, when I'm getting a cup of coffee or something. And, and I do my research during the day. Well, and, and it, it just works where I can, you know, I can ride and, and listen. And, and I, you know, it's, I don't multitask very well, but that's one area where I shine. You know, I can. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I can, I can you know, and I can show numbers to prove it. Like, I, I'm, I'm a good fucking pin rider regardless if I got, uh, uh, you know, my, my, my uh, headphones in or not. I got, I'm a damn good pen writer. And, uh, yes. <clears throat> so like when I, when I got another guy there, it's just, uh, it's almost just like, God damn it. I got to talk to people today, you know? <laughs> and, uh, uh Dave, yeah. And you know how, our, how we split ours up. Currently there's two lead cowboys, one for the East side. And then I'm the lead cowboy on the West side of this yard. And usually in how they've done it years past is everyone pairs up and you ride it like that. I ride alone every day. I've got a good guy that works for me. He's really qualified. He has his section. And I say, I will see you sometime. <laughs> like yeah. I said, uh, we'll, we'll bump, but good luck. Call me if you have a problem, and I ride alone. I doctor alone. I do go homes alone, mm-hmm. and it's not because I think I'm superior to everybody. And you know, by God, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want help. Mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. Uh, you know, this. I, I want my biggest goal day to day is how can I get through this with talking to the least amount of people, right? Or, or, or only talking to the people that I want to talk to, <laughs> like that. Yeah, that. yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's uh and so uh, i don't know and there I, I i know like most of the the good hands i know are like i i'm very good at talking to people but i like to talk to people when i want to i uh and and that's why i don't i don't work with people <laughs> and uh and uh but like most of the good hands i know are like that they're either even if they're like like friendly outgoing folks they they would rather be alone during the day and and they just like to be left alone. And so like if you if you can trust that that guy is going to get the job done, if he's he's shown you that that he's going to get the job done, leave him the hell alone and let him do it. You know, and then if like if if, if he fucks up, you know, then 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 you step in. But like until then, just let let a guy be. Yeah, I mean, it, I agree. If he's if he's getting his stuff done you, and he does a good job, you know, he's good help. Um, let him do it, and I, I mean this in the nicest way possible too. Owners typically are really hard to talk to. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times the structure of ranches gets a little chaotic because uh, it just does. But um, yeah, are y'all going to be a, a one-man operation, a two-man operation? I mean, what are y'all thinking on that, that Nebraska? We're still figuring it out. We haven't made it through a full-growing season yet to know, to be honest. Sure. Um, you know, I I will say if, you, if you're really hunting that good guy, there's a couple ways to go about it, I guess. If you're wanting just the average hired hand, that guy's out there. Um, if you're wanting a guy to manage, that's a little different too, you know. And uh, right. uh, y'all uh, are y'all wanting to be kind of the managers of that bus as well? I assume y'all are wanting right. to manage day to day. 
then, you know, in that scenario, I guess I would say, um, what would you kind of expect your day to day to be of your help? I mean, uh, you know, what, what would you like to see a cowboy you hire do from the time he wakes up till the time he's done at whatever time you want him done? Uh, what, what would you kind of like that to look like? Do you think? Well, you know, I don't know for us right now, but I think you touch on something that we've probably struggled with communicating that with guys in the past, you know, and being real clear right. on having that set out for those guys from day one. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that is, that is really vital. It's, it's, you know, one of the reasons I quit a job is because I, I told them and I was young, I was single. So also I, I had no fear of quitting. Uh, homelessness scared me zero. That was fine. I'd be homeless. I'd figure it out. But um, I showed up, and at first I loved the job. I was horseback every day, but I made it clear to them when I showed up. I said, you know what, I, I want to be horseback, and I have no interest in any of that other stuff. And Well, as it went on, they gave me, you know, well, here's all the fix you need to put up and fix and build and stuff. And I said, you know, hey, I, I, I said I didn't want to do that. That's not what I'm here for. You know, you need a different guy for that. And I ended up leaving. And if they would have just been honest about the description and not even if they were dishonest necessarily, they just didn't include it, but it was enough for me to leave. And I do think um, kind of putting expectations out there of what you're wanting from a guy can really help narrow down that, that hiring pool. Um, also, uh, are y'all a purebred operation or what, what are you doing there? Yeah, so we're cow-calf and we run seed stock as well. And you okay. So, so uh, I'm get y'all are going to tag a lot of stuff at birth. I'm yeah. guessing, um, you're going to, are you putting up quite a bit of hay? Yes. Putting up quite a bit of hay. Okay. Um, those two things right now, right there, a lot of Northern ranches and I'm up North and I've been on Northern ranches now for several years. Um, they're getting a lot tougher to find guys that want to do that. And I don't mean that as an insult, just a lot of, right. a lot of guys don't like it. And I, I do get it too, because you can go to the Southwest where, you know, you don't farm any hay and you don't, you know, you don't see your calves until branding time. So that's, that's, a, and not that, you know, guys don't want to do it, but I do notice it seems like a lot of the Northern outfits are really starting to, it's hitting them hard. A lot of this labor shortage. Um, just because I think a lot of it is, you know, if I got a cowboy for a living um, and this ranch pays 2000 a month and I don't have to do that stuff and this ranch pays 2300 a month and I have to do that stuff, I'll move south. You know, and, yeah. and, it's, and that's that is and it's really tough. That's the problem, too, is it's it's tough. And that, I don't know what the easy solution is there. I wish I did, because I mean, someone would probably pay me to tell them, you know, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the solution there is you're because at, it's the needs of your operation. Yeah. You know, you're uh, you're just waiting on your kids to get big, like. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think all that's only going to get worse too, because what we're finding is you can't find the stuff that you would normally hire out contractors for day labor for. I mean, completely unrelated to ranch stuff. We're having yeah. to take all that on because nobody's working. Yeah. You know, so you're going to have to rely on these guys to be able to multitask and, and do more than one thing a lot heavier than I would have thought in the past. Yeah. 
But yeah, and I mean that's that's something that everybody's facing. I mean, yeah. stuff that you would like to contract out, nobody's showing up for. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're talking yeah, like the plumbing went out on your house. Shit, I guess we're gonna have to figure out how to fix it ourselves because there isn't anybody here that's gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're, I mean, absolutely. And you know, and uh, and uh, if it helps, that's not unique to just y'all. That is yeah. becoming. A, in fact, I used to when I did just day work and travel around a lot of time. I do carpentry some light remodel i had a guy teach me as a kid that's it for a couple months out of the year i would go to those remote ranches and whatever they needed plumbing electric remodels i would do that to put some money in my pocket so i could you know cowboy for 10 months out of the year just because nobody would show up and do it um and there was a good opportunity there but then if you know whenever you stop doing that say no we're you know i'm married i'm sticking to the full-time deal well, now you can't get anybody to do shit. And I, I'm sympathetic to that part, too. It's really tough. Um, I, you know, in your scenario, let's say I was standing in your shoes. I, the only way I can really think I could think of a good remedy is just basically what we listed. I mean, try to get some guys involved, maybe give them half for a year. Mm. And if you do get a guy that's worth keeping, um, give that guy a lot of free reign and like I said, you can't pay you can't pay somebody so well they put you in the poorhouse. But as you have experienced, um, bad help costs a hell of a lot more than good help. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well, and and us on the, on the cowboy end, there's uh, there's plenty of us out there that um, don't give us very good, uh, you know, names. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, you you got to be real selective, and and I've I've been on that end so many times. Those ranch employee jobs, I uh, actually I just had a guy respond to me because um, this guy was like, uh, "Well, let me read the post. I'll leave everybody's names out of it, but it's uh, <clears throat> and and I I was in a trolling mood, so." Uh, I responded. Yeah, I was in that mood today. <laughs> yeah. So he um, he said, "This this guy says I can leave out the day school gets out the year, and that's the post. Boom. That's it. Love it. And uh, and then tells me everything I need to know. In the comments, he says, "I'm I am inexperienced. I've rode before." Uh, in another life, meaning it's been eight years, my wife is willing to learn as well. This is something my family and myself desires. Okay, you probably should have led off with that. Like, <laughs> like lead, lead with that and then end with I can leave the day before school gets out. And um, How old is this guy? Now I'm very confused. How old is this kid? 43. He, he what? Oh, uh, So he comments again. This is all in the comments, by the way. I Wait, can, but what's school? What? what yeah, if he's forty three, why are we worried about yeah. school now? Well, I'm, I'm guessing he's either got <laughs> he's either got kids in school or he's a teacher. So he says I can drive about anything, some mechanic skills. I've done hard manual labor since I was uh, twelve. I'm forty three, still able to work hard. I can weld some. I'm not afraid to learn or work. Had my own horses. Been a while can do other or I can do carpentry and some concrete flat work, other things too. Okay. Once again, probably should have led with that. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, as (laughs) you know, I do wonder, 
and I don't mean this as an insult. Every cowboy I know, me included, can do a little bit of plumbing, a little bit of carpentry, mm. a little bit of welding. You can probably drive a skid steer and a tractor and a little bit of a loader. I, I wonder, and every time people apply for a job, they list that same shit. Yeah. At some point, I'm like, that is not valuable to me. If you can't, you're not even in the pool. You know what right. I mean? I was like, I'm, you better be able to know how to do some of that shit. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. I always see people list that like a qualification. I'm like, man, that is like, that's worth like eight bucks an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you can't do anything well, but you can touch <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah. Uh, great. Perfect. And that's, but, and I don't mean that as an insult to anybody that hit, well, I kind of do. If you're doing that, Anybody listening? Stop! Like yeah, you're not like, it's a waste of it's a waste anybody. of everybody's time. Yes, uh, and also I like that. Just the day before school gets out, how the hell am I supposed to know when that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it's like so, what's your what's your schedule? I mean, like I don't know when you get out. Yeah. So yeah. our our good buddy Dakota Robinson replied on there, and he said, "Well, you should probably list a set of skills that you can do at least." And that's when the guy started commenting with his skills. And uh, and then our other buddy uh, Bob Mallory Feedlot Bob says uh, leaving uh, leaving the day school gets out is his only skill. <laughs> and so I, so I replied to that and I said uh, step one post randomly with zero context. Step two question mark. Step three profit. <laughs> And, you know, in this SOB's defense, somebody out there is probably going to hire him. Maybe. Like and, and so, like, uh, this this other guy commented on, on this post. He said, can't knock his honesty or desire. Somebody give him a job. <laughs> and, and I said, this post hasn't earned a day gig, let alone a job. You give him <laughs> one for his honesty. I got, you go ahead. I, I'm, I'm not willing to give this guy anything with, based off of that post, you know? Huh. And, you know, I'll also say this, and people think I'm funny when I say this. And if someone ever tells me, like, I work hard, I, boy, I am a hard worker. I always equate it to this, okay? Let's say I give you a job, and the only job is I need you to go hang up boards on wood fence. Not that that's not something we do, but let's say it's a job I give you. Yeah. And I walk up, and you're using a screwdriver to hammer in wood screws. <laughs> I could say, you're a hard-working son of a bitch, right? Yeah. But you're not productive. Whenever I hear people, I'm a hard worker from a hiring perspective. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> If you can get everything I expect of you done in two hours, that is worth so much more to me than yeah. somebody who's going to work their ass off and not get anything done. Right. There's like this misunderstanding on places now. And I see it a lot. People looking for jobs of, you know, well, I'm not scared to work hard. And it's like, I don't mean this bad. If I hired a guy who was about one eighth lazy and he got all of his crap done, early because he wanted to be done i would rather take that guy because he's productive does that make sense oh yeah uh, I, i'm not looking for i mean i can find somebody that wants to sweat for a living that's fine i can find him a lot of times he yeah. won't come with a skill set a lot of times i don't mean that as an insult I, people should work hard but if you are anybody that is on here looking for a job you need to learn to be productive you don't need to working hard is great, and that will that that's a given. 
Um, you got to learn how to be productive with your time. I, I, you can sweat and work and eat and not go to bed. But if you don't accomplish much in that time, that's worth almost nothing to me. It's just not. Yeah. Like there's, um, oh, uh, what's his name? Paul Engler that, that, this, that started Cactus Feeders. He's uh, yeah, one of, his, one of yeah. his favorite uh, or like his most I, famous quotes was like, uh, or people will talk about how he just, uh, he would show up at the feedlot office and I'd be like waiting for a meeting or something. And he'd just like pick up a broom and start sweeping. And, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> and like, and it was always meant to like, you know, point out there's always something to do. So, like people took that far too literally where they just would literally pick up a broom. You just uh, do shit. Yeah. And you're just like, uh, uh, okay, you've, you've swept that floor six times. Like what, what good did you actually do? But, but you were busy. God damn it. Well, yeah, well, I've got a good buddy who quit a place and he's at, he, he runs the east side of the feed yard now, CJ Jenkins. He's a good, good hand and good guy, but, he left the ranch and they had just hired some gunzel who couldn't cowboy, didn't know how to rope, saddle a horse, said he did, I guess, but lied. But for this kid to keep his job, he would sweep the shop, CJ said, literally four or five times a day. He'd look up, he'd be sweeping the shop. And in that guy's mind, by God, I am a working son of a bitch. <laughs> and if you have a brain cell, you're like, you're worthless. You know, I can hire a 12 year old kid to do what you're doing and give him, you know, 10 bucks a day and he'll be just enthralled. Like that's not productive. Yeah. Um, and so I, 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 obviously we deviated from subject here, but that is a beef of mine. I see when people post, you know, I can do a little bit of welding, a little bit of carpentry, a little bit of plumbing, and I'm a hard worker. I'm like, great. Your skill set is valued at about minimum wage currently. Oh, and one of the things that pissed me off so much at, uh, at cactus is like clock in time was was six o'clock okay well yeah. s- sun's not up till seven thirty. i yeah. i literally can't do any of my job until the sun is up so if i'm gonna sit in the office and drink coffee why why don't i get another hour of sleep and I can yep. sit at home and drink coffee and get the same amount of shit accomplished by yeah, seven thirty. I am absolutely. <laughs> I hate clock in and clock out times, oh, and that is exactly reason because they say you need to be, let's say, saddle at the barn or whatever by six thirty. Yeah. Well, the wrong time of year. You need a flashlight at six thirty in the morning. It's like, man, we can't even like, we can't catch horses for another thirty minutes. Yeah. And we can't trot out for at least another hour. And so, well, that's what time you need to be here. And yet why? Well, because you know, that's what time you need to be here. Uh-huh. Well, I can't do anything. Well, that's what time you need to be here. Yeah. Then you look at clock out time, you know. Well, you have to be here till four o'clock. Now let's say it is the heat of August. Okay. It is morbidly hot. It's 119 degrees at two o'clock in the afternoon. So like a good cowboy did, you showed up at, at you know, when the sun's up at five o'clock in the morning and it's August and you work, you get there, you get your crap done and you're done by, you know, 1230. And you're, you know, you're like, we can't do anything with the cattle. It's too hot. You know, it, it's, it's 119 degrees. You don't need to be in those cattle right now. You really don't. Being horseback doesn't benefit you, period. And they say, okay, but you, you know, you need to sit here till four o'clock. Well, why? You know, I, I got my stuff done early. Uh, we're done. 
Yeah, well, like, and, and, and also we we don't allow YouTube on uh, the company internet. So um. yeah, and it's like, <laughs> but and that that's exactly it. That is because of that mentality of you're going to work hard. Damn productivity. Yeah. Productivity has nothing to do with it. We need a set amount of hours out of you. Yeah. And it, that, that is ridiculous. And I see it on ranches too. I, I literally had a guy work for saying, I want, I want a guy out of the house every day by five 30 and I don't want him back in that house till six at night. So basically what you can do in the heat of the summer is I'm going to burn a whole bunch of your fuel in this ranch pickup while the AC blows. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And that thing, you know, it's like that tickles me to death if that's how you want to do it, but it's stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but that's stupid. It makes no damn sense. But by God, if you're, you know, I, I want you to work hard. I don't care what you got done. I just want to know that you're out there working. Yeah. I I, I did a, a pasture uh, up in northern Montana. I went around it, fixed fence, you know, water gap. This is a, the famous story where I put the old talking balls on a water gap. And, uh, but like I, I went through and I got told that I, that I had to go back around it because I didn't use enough, uh, new T posts, what, but you what? didn't need them. I mean, I guess I can just go ahead and, and start pounding more T posts in. I mean, if that's what you want, I mean, I'll do it, but that makes no sense. Like I, I, I thought I did a pretty goddamn good job at it. And, uh, I mean, we sure. didn't. We didn't. We didn't have any uh, in, any cows out later when we we turned out later that spring. Um, so I'm, but sure, yeah, I guess if that's what you want, I'll I'll go back and put some more T posts in. Uh, yeah, yeah, busy. And I, you know, and I tell people too because and it, and sometimes obviously you got to do it, especially when there are prying eyes. But for the most part, if guys are getting their stuff done. Busy work runs off hill. Making guys scared mm. to be done runs off hill. If they live in constant fear that the owner or whoever is going to pull up and lose their mind because it's four o'clock and they're done, they're going to quit. Yeah. They're going to leave because that's not what, uh, that's not a goal. A goal to say, you know, I don't want you back in your house till six. That's not a production goal. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like that is not, that has nothing to do with, bettering the ranch or getting your stuff done yeah but and, also, and also quit. quitting quitting at noon every day doesn't doesn't either I, so hey, hey I, i'm never gonna tell people you know if you if you woke up at six and you got done what you think you need to have done by eight in the morning go to the house that's not what i'm saying yeah. you know that's that's not yeah. what you need to do but um you know if you get if you're getting your stuff done um, you shouldn't have guys so scared that they think they have to sweep the shop five times a day just so you know you won't yell at them. Um, I, I guess you know I, that's a hard one to peddle to people too because you don't want to feel like you're getting cheated out of wages. Um, but remember too, good help at cheating you. Never punish a guy for doing a good job. It is not somebody who's good at their job. It's not their fault that they can accomplish what they need to in eight hours, if that makes sense. What I would love to see, though, as a rancher, like in Matt's situation with the cheap post, I've seen a lot of situations where we will tell a guy, hey, you you know, here's what you need to do. But they know better. You know, like like you said earlier, cowboys, they know it all. Oh, yeah. They're experts and they've got it down. But the reality is 
you know, we've got generations of knowledge on what's going to happen when these cows hit this past year. I'm telling you this because this is really how it's going to need to work. We've had guys, you know, there's certain spots on the ranch that we don't ride. You get off and you lead your horse and nope, they know better. They know better. And then the Colts busted open. And now, you know, my horse is hurt. Your saddle's busted up. Maybe I've got a workman's comp claim because you didn't listen. Mm -hmm. We've been doing this for a long time. There are times that, that the owner knows better. So just, yep. oh, ask. Yeah. just ask, just say, Hey, yeah. Why, yeah. why are you doing it this way? Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I think every party involved owners and cowboys or managers and cowboys or managers and owners or whoever, both parties should always entertain the notion that it's possible they're that, wrong. That they're wrong. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard that, one to that, do. I, yeah. yeah. What's the heck? That, that that's a hard one to do to for everybody involved to be like yeah Dude, I might I'm, be wrong I, you know, I'm, I, I'm I might be the worst in the world I'm not the uh, guy to give oh, this I hear advice you. but it's 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 the reality of it because I've been on both sides of that car I've been yeah. on the sides where I was wrong I had to eat it and man was it bitter I uh, see and that's uh, when that's when the autism kicks in for me because I'll, I'll admit when yeah, I'm wrong yeah. after I've just yeah. I've researched every single angle where I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm right <laughs> and then if if all of those lead to to the fact that I'm wrong I'll go ahead and admit it but it's gonna be a minute I'm gonna I'm gonna well, research yeah. it and, oh and I, dude I've been it where I'm halfway through an argument I am been vehement about it. <laughs> and it suddenly dawns on me that I misunderstood something yeah. and it's the worst feeling <laughs> in the world you know it's just horrible but and you know and i'll say it for the owners too because a lot of you know there's kind of an old mentality of i own them so i'm right yeah and, and i'm not saying y'all are like that either i'm saying i've, I've seen yeah, it a lot absolutely we've been there so, yep yeah, and like i said i i have seen it you know i own them so i'm right and there's the truth of it is if you cut the checks um you might be right and, you know, the fact that I cut your check, so by God, I'm right. It doesn't make you correct necessarily in your judgment, but you've cut the check. But I, I do think having a dialogue with your help, um, like you said, just ask, you know, just, yeah. you know, you know, we need it. Damn cats, don't do this. But uh, <laughs> having, uh, having a dialogue with your help, because there's been several times that I've been in a situation where, Everybody that is present can see this is dumb, mm. excluding the guy giving the orders. Does yep. that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. I, and I've been there too, where you do trot up and say, "Hey, I think if we tried it this way, these cattle are going to flow a lot better, and we can have this done. We're kind of making a wreck." Yeah. And he says, "We've always done it this way." And typically, the reply is, "You know, you've you've done it stupid your whole life. I don't know why you would do that." But <laughs> I've also been in situations to where I went. The you know how they just jig this out is stupid. This isn't going to work. You know if we did it this way, it would work smoother. Then I had to eat it because it worked fine. I was like, well, you know, normally I didn't admit it. Normally it's like, yeah, you're dumb. But in yeah. the truth is, <laughs> well, you know, but I said it. But no, and I, I've been on both sides of that coin to where, you know, uh, it either uh, opinions suck because especially in a boss role. Everybody's smarter than you, mm. and if you're running a branding, this you know the day workers are usually the worst. You know, oh my god, if I was Absolutely. if I was running this out, if I was running this outfit, we'd have been done an hour and a half ago. Uh-huh. And, 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 and you know, and your and, buddies are even worse than that. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> and, and that's you know everybody is pretty, 
And also, here's something that a lot of guys are luxury to that when you're running stuff, you're not, is hindsight. Because let's say, as an owner, you tell a guy, we're going to gather this pasture this way. I think it's going to flow pretty well. Um, And then it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and you have shit running everywhere. It has been an absolute wreck. The Cowboys' reply is, well, I'd have done it different, and it would have went smoother. And so they have justified it in their mind that they are smarter than you. because. Now, with hindsight, which you've also gained, but you were the asshole who jigged it out. You know what I mean? Like They didn't jig it out, so they have the luxury of saying, I could have done it better. You jigged it out, and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I could have done this better, but I'm the idiot who made the plan, so I got to eat it. There's a lot of nuance on every side of that thing that you're never going to kill from the cowboy side of things, and there's also a lot of arrogance that you're never going to kill from the owner side of things. And I think finding some symbiosis in between that, having a dialogue with your Cowboys and saying, you know, what do y'all think about this? Because odds are the Cowboys probably do have a good idea. Um, Maybe not. Maybe what they say is stupid, not worth doing. But it's also possible they have a point. And establishing some of that dialogue and trusting your Cowboys to be good Cowboys and have some good ideas can really break up that that kind of iron curtain that oftentimes separates Cowboys and mm. managers, Cowboys and owners. Yep. No, it was a really long-winded way of saying have conversations with your help. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> yeah, but also not too many conversations because, you know, left alone and all that shit. Well, well <laughs> And that's that's uh, there's this is a tedious line, man. Keeping yeah. cowboys happy is a full time yeah, job. Yeah, it really so. is. It really is. Yeah. Um, well, well, and you're not. Gone. And if the there's nothing to bitch is. about, we'll find something. Well, then you're yeah. My God, this you know, <laughs> there's shit going on. I'm so sick of being bored on this damn place. I can't see straight. You know that's just how it goes. Um, you know, and it really is. It's and and that that if that is a part you're not going to beat, but. Good help is out there. That's yeah. the other thing. And, and I've had conversations with people about this previous to this because good help is out there. It's not as rare as people think it is. But running your ranch in a way that good help wants to show up, that's an honor. And yeah. it is. And I, I don't mean that as an insult, but running your ranch in a way that good help wants to be present, that takes. That takes a lot of learning. I mean, yeah. and, uh, it, it takes understanding working cowboys. It takes knowing what a good working cowboy is. There And a good working cowboy is going to have some opinions. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a guy who doesn't say anything and just says, okay, I'm going to go do it. Not that those guys don't exist that aren't good working cowboys, but a lot of good working cowboys aren't like that. Yeah. Um, if you're wanting to hire guys with years of experience, they're going to want to kind of have an, they're going to want to have a little bit of input on what those years of experience have told them. And I think it's really valuable to hear them out. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you thinking? I'm thinking on the flip side, there's a lot of young working cowboys that listen to this podcast. Yep. So as they're thinking about how to get jobs, be real careful with the pictures and the videos you post of you doing real buckaroo shit. Yeah. 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 I see a lot of guys that think they're going to get a job because they've got videos of them roping everything left and right. 
and, you know, thinking that they're on Yellowstone or whatever. And at the end of the day, that rancher's got to make money on those calves. And that means you've got to keep my calves calm and quiet. And I don't want to see a bunch of buckaroo shit. You know, and that's okay. And like that, that is, that's going to bring us into a whole new realm of the conversation. I'm mm. glad that you broke <laughs> up the general monotony of it. So let's discuss that too. Okay. Um, you're right, and you're right. I mean, good stockmanship and all that fun stuff that we all discuss, and we use a lot of the buzzwords and that sort of thing mm-hmm. because we kind of have to nowadays. Um, a guy shouldn't be roping everything. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, if you're just roping shit for the sake of roping shit, that's not going to be a good thing. Yeah, I will say from personal experience. Um, so I was taking care of a lot of high risk cattle um, outside, of course that we were getting in and uh, there's not corrals. Uh, the option is you rope them and you dog. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, there was a guy who worked there. Um, and he loved throwing fancy shots and that's fine. I, hell, I play with a bunch of them too. And he loved it. The problem was he loved throwing them and had some sort of allergy to catching anything. Yeah. Um, so this guy would sit in this herd and throw literally seven, eight, nine of these shots of his Del Vientos and his backhands and mm-hmm. stuff. And in the meantime, I've literally knocked down, you know, three or four head. Not that I'm super, I miss as much as I catch, but I was out there trying to get it done. Yeah. Um, there has been a bit of a misunderstanding, I think. And I've worked around buck, duck, buckaroos. I think are going to take offense to this, and oh, don't. And they I will. They're, they are and the I'm most asked, cantankerous motherfuckers. Let, let on me earth. say this: uh, two of the best hands at one of them is Rex Berg at Nevada. And he's buckaroo, and bar mm. none, one of the best cowboys, puncher, buckaroo, however you want to spin it. I've been around in my life. Ever yeah. made nice horses, could rope with anybody you lined up. Uh, Mark Westlake, guy I work with right now, he's a long liner, and. Um, He's don't care where you put him. He's good help and good yeah. at it and capable. Um, but this kid was under the impression that throwing these soft shots and never stirring anything up was easier on these cattle. That's not inherently true. No. The less time you spend handling that cow is more conducive mm-hmm. to low stress. You need to find, as a cowboy, stop thinking that because you hear this all the time, as it takes as long as it takes. That is bullshit. And let me tell you why. If we show up to brand a set of calves, let's say, right, and the temperature's rising rapidly, and by noon it's going to hit 98 degrees, the lowest stress you can give these calves, now you can't abuse them, but you need to get this shit done and get them back to mama and turned out yep. quick. Stop dicking around. We cannot take all day to do this shit. Yep. There has been some sort of misunderstanding I've seen now, and it's wrong. I've seen a lot more of it really in the last couple of years than I ever have of, you know, well, it's lower stress to take as long as it needs to take. Mm. That's not true. That is the furthest from the truth. If you show up to doctor it, the best thing you can do for it, get it caught as soft as you can. Not everything has to be a race. If you can catch it standing, catch it standing. Yep. If it ain't going your way, begging that son of a bitch into a corner for the next three hours is not the way to go about that. You need to get him rope, get him down, give him a shot, and get him up. 
I agree. It's, it's the same way, like, uh, with these Mexican cattle we've been getting in. Like, they, uh, you know how Mexican cattle show up. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a 24-hour truck ride uh, after, sure. after being quarantined for two weeks. I mean, they, they look like just warmed over dog shit. And, and they're flighty as hell. Uh, they're not. Yeah. They're not particularly waspy, but they they will run, and yeah. uh, like you can you can stay back, give them a big old cushion, and bump them towards the gate, and take five minutes to take uh, each one out. Or yeah. when they they start trotting towards the gate, you can stay right on their hip and keep them on the fence, mm-hmm. and, and and just just drive them out the gate. It's not the best looking way to handle cattle, but I guarantee you that's the quickest and most efficient way to get them out. If you, because if you give them one chance to look back, they're going to, instead of turning into the fence, they're going to turn away from the fence and you're going to have to chase them to the next fence and try to get them to turn into the fence and look at the, at the gate and you're going to run them instead of taking them out of the trot. Like, so I'll sacrifice the walk to take them out of the trot. So I don't have to uh, chase them all over the pin at a lope. Hey man, you know, here where we're at, we rope a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of these corporate yards, well, they got rid of the ropes because of workers' comp. There's oh, no way yeah. around it. But you all, there's been this new wave of freaking clinicians who will tell you, you know, in a feedlot, and like you've got in Mexicans, we get in these southeastern high risk cattle. Yep. Same these thing. These things are wilder. These, yeah, these things are wilder than shit. Mm. And if your plan is, I'm never, I'm, you know, this is a no rope, no rope yard. So yeah. we're going to walk these cattle out. Fuck out of here Even with that. Lost, I mean, your dead pile will literally be named after a peak after yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's, we uh, have to rope some shit. And from a corporate standpoint, you go, God dang, that's rough on cattle. And to which I tell people, the only thing rougher is me begging this one sick one out of the pen for the next three hours. Yep. Um, and I guess we kind of, I, I don't know, I, I don't mean to stray too far from your point of, you know, you got to be soft on my cattle. I know what you're saying yeah. is, uh, you know, <laughs> don't be roughing up my livestock. Um, I always tell people, though, too, uh, you better really watch some of those buzz, and not you specifically. It's more of the Facebook clinicians I keep running, stumbling onto who haven't really cowboyed for a living. You know what I mean? They keep a halter on their horses 24-7. Um but you see these people and I'm like, you know, you've heard these clinicians say this stuff and they've never worked for somewhere where you actually have to get this shit done for like an employment purpose. Yeah. This isn't a Buck Brandon. And no, if I, I like Buck Brandon and he does some good stuff, but this isn't a weekend clinic where, you know, it takes as long as it takes. It's like, man, we got shit to do. Yeah. And you know, if you're taking all day to do this, you will go down the road. So I got to tie that back into the thing that Matt posted earlier, though. Yeah. Ragging on calf tables. Yeah. Because the reality is, if I've only got me and my husband and two kids, Matt, sometimes you just got to get this shit done. Oh, no, I understand. I've used a calf table many a time. Doesn't. And I've understood the purpose of it does not make me like it anymore. But yeah, well, and, I just yeah. had to point out that it's the same concept. Oh no, I understand. So, and I, you know, and and I can actually, and I'll add you on Facebook after this. They've done the study, and they actually Texas A&M did the study on uh, stress levels in calves after taking before and after blood samples, yeah. and you yeah, saw that. One, yeah. Well, well, yeah, and you know, basically, time away from mother is yeah. probably the biggest thing. Yep. Um, 
it, you know, I, I, for people that use calf tables, especially, you know, family outfits that sorry about my cat here, folks, everyone say hello to turtle. But anyway, <laughs> um, for little family outfits that are trying to get their stuff done, I don't resent it. I understand where you're yeah. coming from. I will also tell you tying back into that good help debate. Um, it's going to be really tough. Mm-hmm. If you are looking for that good cowboy, and I don't mean this personally, I completely no, I, sympathize with why you do it. I'm not going to berate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to berate you for why you do it. Y'all are just trying to make a living. I get yeah. it. Well, um, I will. I, uh, well, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say I will say on that end, um, and I, I've had this argument with uh, with people over the years too, and. Because I mean, I ran so many calves through a table, and and I, I it was worth it uh, at the time. It, it, you know, in, in a in a scenario, it makes sense. But where like where you guys are not nowhere near the the volume of cattle that I was I was dealing with with uh, with cactus, and when we were running the calf table, you're in a good spot of the world where you can really get some good ropers and guys that know how a branding is supposed to work. Uh, <clears throat> I would say, give it a shot. And, uh, and, and it, it could be end up saving you more money in the long run, because if, if it's a well-run branding with a, with plenty of beer at the end and a good meal, uh, people will show up just for that. And good help will show up for that. I, I tend to I tend to agree with Matt, um, you know, and and I, I'm not insulting your competence either. I I don't know. Have y'all drug calves before? Or y'all oh, yeah. No. So the way we've usually wound up working it is a few big brandings a year where we sure. do have the guys out and the beer and the meal. And then yep. everybody else goes home and we're back down to, you know, just a little family bunch. And that's when the cat table gets broke yeah. out. You know, we work okay. it both ways. I got okay. Yeah, that's- that makes way more sense. Okay. Yeah, no, there, there's I, I I'm not opposed to just hot boxing cattle too, where you just reach up and grab a, a hind leg and, and flank them. I've yeah. done plenty of that. And yeah. it depends on your scenario. Like, cause there there's no sense in, in dragging out your entire branding pot and, and hiring people or having people come over to brand fifty head. Like exactly. <laughs> there's just it's not worth the trouble. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and you know this because y'all have been in the ranching industry now, so you you already know this part. But this is kind of more general advice for anybody listening. Um, good neighbors are worth a fortune. Going and helping your neighbors is worth mm-hmm. a fortune because then your neighbors come and help you. Getting into and used to at least where I'm from, all those ranches used to neighbors. So yeah. you know, even the large ranches would send campmen over; they would help you. Um, you're not seeing it as much now. I'm not particularly sure most of it is a lot of these ranch owners have gotten incredibly stingy so let's say i go and help you for two days and we end up only needing you for a day they feel like they just got rolled over the cold because they sent a guy for two days and we only got a day out of one of their guys that you know and they they'll just have a freak out and you can't we all know to be neighborly you can't keep a track record like that you can't be abused of course but um, good neighbors, I think, help a lot with some of that. You know, how hard is it to get day workers together? A lot of times, if you have good neighbors and things are going well for, they know good day workers. Um, uh, that that's something I would tell anybody is having a good relationship with good neighbors. Um, 
it's amazing how much time, money, and effort it can save you in the long run. We, you know, in Oklahoma, we showed up. The ranch I went to work for had a terrible reputation, and I mean, they they would hire meth heads and just the dregs of society, pretty much, because nobody else would come to work for them. But they kind of basically they wanted out of that routine. Um, they were surrounded by some really good neighbors, um, some really good cowboy neighbors who did stuff correct. Um, and we got those guys to start coming and, uh, you know, they work didn't cost much. You might end up because they were just so concerned about, you know, Oh God, you know, we're paying 150 a day. What's that going to cost? Well, time you got in good with the neighbors, it usually, you might hire a day worker, maybe two, but, Shit, all the neighbors wanted to come help you. You know, they enjoyed being around you. They liked how you did stuff. Good neighbors are worth a fortune. And I think people that don't try to make good neighbors are costing themselves a fortune. Yeah. Um, And I hate to interject. I do have to say this about this podcast. It is so hard not to go on long-form rants on these damn things. I don't know why, but it is just really impossible not to. Well, that's that's I, I like it. I, I like being able to to hear what people actually have to say and, and not like sound bites, you know. I just, I, mm-hmm. I like I like discussion and this discussion's good. Um but um so like I I'm, I'm putting together this uh this kind of like swap shop type uh, show and uh and so like the thing is like if somebody i, I want to be able to like have ranches uh you know advertise if they're looking for help and i also want one working guys be like hey I, i'm i'm gonna be leaving whenever uh looking for work so say say a guy was to put it put in this and jen i know you listen to this show like uh what 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 are you wanting to hear from uh, from a guy like looking for work or a gal? There's there's gals out there too. So I want I want references. Mm-hmm. You know I, I gotta have somebody I can call to know yeah. that he's not a shithead. And you know it's fine that you love Snowy River, you know the man from Snowy River, but don't tell me that you're gonna slap leather. I need to know that you're gonna calm. <laughs> Around my cows. Sure. That's yep. the biggest thing. I've got to have healthy calves to sell. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Jennifer, I feel like I've kind of commandeered some of this and I shouldn't have done that. But No, you're um, fine. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have done that. I apologize. Um, I, You know, I as we've been kind of talking, I kind of I, I hear a lot of your points. And I, I do want to ask you, too, um, and these are just kind of more fine points of the operation, I guess. What kind of cows are y'all running? You said y'all have got seed stock and all that, but... Yeah, so our seed stock are Black Herefords and Angus. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And I, I like the Black Herefords. I really do. And I, I do. I think there... I don't see a lot of people running them. I think there's a lot... I think that, I think there is a big future in the Black Herefords. Yeah, if people you're so serious about it. Um, so, whenever... Uh, as far as um, your ranch... Um, are you guys, uh, what's your grazing road? Are y'all doing a lot of rotational grazing or kind of yeah, kick them out and leave them alone? Yeah, holistic management style. It okay. heavy and moving. Sure. And so are you using hot wire or are you just kind of got pasture? Right now pasture we're or? not. Okay. Um, we've got some pastures that we need to break up into smaller ones just to mm-hmm. do it better. But like I said, we've only been here three months. So we're sure. still figuring yeah. out a lot of that. 
And any, you know, do y'all do any control burns, anything like that? Something you'd want a guy to have some experience with that side of things? Or, Not I mean, this what, what year. It's too damn dry. Sure. <laughs> we yeah. set the whole place up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm just asking these questions kind of for anybody <laughs> listening to kind of get a better feel. Uh, you seem really friendly. I mean, yeah, you seem like you probably, you, well, you you seem like you probably kind of know what you're Roy, looking royal for. Bitch. You know? Royal bitch. Royal <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we, we've known each other for a long time. Jen, Jen and Logan are good people. And, uh, I, uh, no, I, I, man, this is, this has been a really good conversation. I'm not trying to wind it down. Uh, like I'm just saying the overall, I've, I've really enjoyed this. I think this is, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of folks will get some good use out of it. And, and I, I, like I said, it was Jen's idea to have this, but I, I, I picked Zach cause we, we, I, I feel like we, th- we think a lot. Uh, along the same way and where i'm i'm more just kind of a feedlot guy i've been on some some ranches and i've been on a a bigger ranch but uh, like last 10 11 years i've been i've been feedlot and and uh, and some few day work deals where you're you're, you've been on camp and and wagon and stuff and so i feel like we 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 represent a pretty well-rounded uh segment of the of the cattle business and uh i there's uh and we've we've had some good bosses, some bad bosses. We've we've had some some really good outfits that we work for, and some not so much. Um, I, you know, I for all these the younger guys that are, are looking to get into it, uh, I, I I wouldn't say steer clear of the corporate outfits, but I I wouldn't say uh, stay very long. I, I think there there's some good valuable experience to be had in a corporate setting. But uh, at the at the end of the day, your smaller outfits are going to treat you way way better, and and particularly if they're family owned. Uh, yeah, you know that's it's for me. It's always a trade off on mm-hmm. that side of things because you love big country. You know, you love getting to be on those really large ranches, and you know, a lot of times on the large ranches you kind of run into less of kind of the, the farmerism type stuff. The problem with corporate ranches, and I tell people this all the time, bar none, some of the dumbest shit you will ever do mm-hmm. is working for people who are not making money from the cattle. Yep. And that doesn't make sense because you would think, well, they don't really give a shit how it's done. They're not worried about making money from the cattle. Working for some of these billionaires that are buying up these large ranches, and I've worked for a couple of really notable ones it, for any young guys listening, it's worth the experience. Go work on those big ranches and enjoy it and have fun with the country and ride some nice horses or whatever they have to offer. Uh, also be aware you are going to do some of the doofiest shit in your life mm-hmm. purely because these guys had the money to buy a ranch and be able to afford to lose their ass. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think family outfits definitely uh, like Jennifer a part of and running. They've got a little more skin in the game. They're going to be a little bit pickier at times about, you know, kind of how things are done because there's, there's no way out of it. I mean, if this deal doesn't work out for you, you know, you might be, you know, interviewing a sonnet, you know I mean? That's just the truth of it. This, you know, you don't have a few million to fall back on. I doubt. And, you know, 
you know, if this doesn't work out, then, oh, well, you know, we'll do, you know, we'll do something else. Um, so, uh, yeah, for, there's, there's definitely a difference in management. But in that same notion, I, I, and I tell people, like a lot of my wife's family, they start talking about cowboys. And I'm, you know, I'm like, there's cowboys aren't universal. You've got feedlot cowboys, wheat field cowboys, wagon cowboys, permit riders, mm-hmm. big outfit cowboys, small outfit cowboys. You've got I me. Mean, um, whatever they're doing in Florida, you know, you've got those yeah. guys. Yeah, oh, whatever it is. <laughs> like swamp, I said, you swamp boat cowboys. Yeah, those guys, you know, like I said, and there's, I mean, there are, there's not a, a lot of kids, there's crossover, but, you know, and then even just to broaden that, buckaroos, cowpunchers, and then mm-hmm. just kind of the Kansas type, I kind of always say the Kansas cowboys because they're, they, yeah, in Nebraska, you see a lot, you see a lot of crossover, so it's more of just kind of cowboys, not, necessarily yeah. adhering to a style yeah. there's not a universal type of cowboy within you know a lot of times a 400 mile radius of each right. other right um yeah you know, where i grew up there in the panhandle were definitely cowpuncher dominated and you go into new mexico and arizona where it was also cowpuncher dominated but you could still damn sure tell the difference i mean everybody ever doing things uh how that ties into what we were saying, I guess, if I could tie that back into it, you were kind of discussing the kind of help you were looking for. Um, you know, y'all were looking, I guess, for a unicorn in a lot of ways because y'all were one of the guy who it sounds like can do a little bit of everything, but is a good cowboy and wants to take care of the cows. Um, have y'all ever considered out of curiosity, Jennifer, and, and maybe it's not in your cards, I don't know, but. Um, have y'all ever considered trying to contract out some of the hay and that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's definitely something we've thought about and yeah. we'll continue to explore. Sure. It's not our strong suit either. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, go you, ahead, Matt. I would say you guys are, you got definitely got a, uh, a leg up because you're coming into this deal as cattle people, uh, having to farm instead of, uh, being farmers that have cattle. Yep. Yeah. yeah 100%. So, I mean, that, that bodes well for, for finding better help because people know that you're, you're cattle people and, and, and you're trying to figure out the farm and shit uh, like that. People notice that. I, I promise you there. That, and I am going to ask um, because, you know, I, I like the cowboy. Um, my dad, who, is kind of who I looked up to. He's won several awards for grazing management. Um, and I'm pretty passionate about it as well. So I like to pick people's brains here, but probably what I enjoy more than cowboying is reclamation of native country and making a really good range cow. Um, did y'all farm hay in Colorado? And, uh, we didn't did have the water to put up hay. So we sure. bought all of our own hay, and that was another big part that we decided, you know, it was time to, the way the market's going, to be able so, to farm our own. Yeah, I, I see where you're at in Nebraska, and, and I, I, I'm just kind of picking your brain on the management. I'm kind of deviating. So um, I'll just start out with an example, if that's all right. Like where that same ranch I showed up to in Oklahoma, um, they had, I, I don't know, they were averaging a lot of times 60 inches of rain a year. It was freakishly wet. And they had grass, I mean, they had grass stirrup high. 
Um, a lot of it wasn't good grass. Those guys had overgrazed their country pretty bad. So a lot of the good native grasses had gone dormant, and gone away. Um, and they were feeding a freak. They were feeding the type of hay you would expect to see in Montana. I mean, that amount of hay. And, you know, we came in and said, oh, you know, what? what's up with the hay feeding? And we don't, we didn't really understand it. They're in the panhandle. A lot of those ranches will feed a protein supplement, a cake. And even like dad who manages a place, he's getting out of that. He's going to a zero input herd, which is tough. I mean, there's no way around it. If you're not managing your grass, it's, it's done. You know what I mean? You can't do it. Um, but, and we, we, we got out of that. We got, we were out of the hay business in Oklahoma within a year with basically just kind of paying it. Those guys weren't paying attention to their country and didn't give a shit because granddaddy had farmed hay. So by God, we farm hay. I'm sure you've seen that shit. Um, what direction are y'all kind of heading? Are you thinking? Because it seems like a lot of people this year are really panicking because there's no way about it. In my opinion, inputs aren't going down as we go into the future. The price of putting anything into a cow is going to go up. Mm-hmm. We're we're now at a stage in the cow market where you where you can't afford to buy pounds on calves, and I see a lot of people. And this is this once again, this is an opinion. It doesn't make me right, but I enjoy picking people's brains about it. We're whenever I hear people say, well, we're we're improving our herd, the first thing they talk about is weaning weight. That is the first thing they always bring up is breed up percentage of weaning weight. You know, we want a higher weaning weight calf, a higher breed up. And so a lot of guys I'll ask and say, Well, how are you? You know, what are you thinking? And you know, well, we're we're putting some more money here. You know, we're going to work on our hay program or, you know, we're going to expand our bull season a little bit. And I can't help but think, man, every time I've heard people, and I'm not saying y'all are doing this. I just want both of y'all's opinions on this um, because it's becoming relevant as everything's getting higher. I can't help but feel like everybody's running backwards. We're seeing a lot of people now who are going out of business trying to buy pounds off calves. You keep moving that marker for your cow of, you know, well, you know, she didn't breed up, but I bet instead of a 70-day bull season, if we went to a 90-day, we'd catch her. So we're going to hold her, and I bet next year she comes in. Um, Whereas it's always seemed like to me, if you – and and there's a lady up in Wyoming who did it, Ricky Kremers, and anybody who's interested in this, go look at Ricky and see – or Nikki Kremers. Um, go look at see what she's done with that northern herd of cows where she literally shut off the input. I'm not talking about low input. I mean, hit the switch, killed it. Um, and look at the cow herd they put together, and it's impressive. And it, it really made me a believer that as we continue on with this cow market and we chase these premiums and everything, there's no way around it. A low input cow is probably going to be the best premium a guy can come by in the coming years. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, what, what are you guys kind of thinking? You're everyone, what direction you're wanting to see people go with that? I think that when you're talking cow calf, absolutely. I think when you're getting into registered seed stock cattle, there's just more babying that has to happen there because those are higher valued animals. Um, There's also a lot of money to be made selling hay. There's a lot of stupid people with a lot of stupid horses. Yeah. 
Not gonna lie, and they will pay stupid money for hay. Oh, hey, and I you know, and I, I let me preface that with I'm not cussing anybody for putting up hay or selling yeah, hay. No, it's, I, it's get it, I get it. it yeah, it, it's a commodity. You know what I mean? Well, if we, you we, can we make actually, the way our it. setup is, about half of our farmland that we own, we are just uh, we've got tenant farmers on it, and they're growing corn, and then we graze those stocks. So it's right, yeah. right back into that. Yeah, I mean that's cheap free protein. I think guys yeah. who have those stocks are great for using them. It it's, it, yeah. it makes a lot more sense than feeding cake or alfalfa if you have. Yeah, you know what I mean yeah. it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I think. What um, do you think, Matt? I think going? with these uh, with inflation and and just food costs being, uh, I mean, you know, just going to the grocery store the other day was like, good Jesus, man, <laughs> it, it got bad. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, uh, there's going to be way less incentive to chase those premiums for, uh, for like, uh, you know, like your choice beef, uh, when, when, you know, you're, when you're at 10 bucks a pound for a hamburger, um, no, nobody's going to give a fuck if that's a uh, choice or select or, 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 uh, yeah. or prime, you know, it's, uh, yeah. uh, like we're, I think we're getting ready to, to see maybe uh, like a pretty good drop off in, in beef consumption just because it's too, too damn expensive. And, uh, but I, I also think that's a, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge opportunity for uh local uh, direct, maybe not even so much direct to consumer, but just like local regional type uh, beef stuff. But I, but I also think um, that that's going to, like I, I don't think certified Angus beef is gonna be is gonna mean near as much here in the next four or five years. Like I, I just don't I don't know. Yeah. It, the you know the ag ag um, community is always like fifty years behind the times. <clears throat> so absolutely. Um, even though certified Angus beef isn't gonna mean shit here in a couple of years, I don't think I may be wrong. Um, that doesn't mean that the the cattle business is gonna stop go uh, pushing for black hide for another fifty years probably. Well, and I was about to say that you know, and now, and as we all know, standing here, it and I explained this to my mother in law who doesn't know shit about the cow business. She was talking about you know certified Angus beef. I was like, well, that means it was black in color for the most part, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, that that's all it means. But I do agree with what you said there. In a big way, J.W. Lindley, who was a, a pretty renowned horse trainer, and this was in reference to horse genetics. Um, and in my opinion, it's a lot easier to correct course. And you're seeing it, you know, the everyone makes fun of the little cutters that got so popular and everybody was breeding for them. And then if roping horses, a lot of those people, well, by God, we're breeding roping horses. Mm-hmm. But it's a hell of a lot easier, in my opinion, to swap genetic and whatever is hot in horses a lot of times and this cattle. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of these guys who have been chasing those types of premiums, um, it's going to take a long damn time to correct that <laughs> if it goes out of vote. I mean, if you've been breeding for that Black Angus premium, let's say for – 30 years um it's pretty damn hard to correct course oh yeah um, and i you know i think premium chasers a lot of times are the guys who end up eating it um I, i'm more of the belief that if you're breeding a good cow and you're giving a product just keep doing it because eventually that premium's gonna roll back around to you just give it some time yeah um, you'll be the hot item again um 
I, I do get what you're saying, though, in that uh, I, I'm, I'm a little bit fearful that the worst thing we can do right now is make beefs basically uh, – uh, I mean, it, it's going to be a high-priced commodity. And yeah, that's we don't want to make it a delicacy. Like, it needs to if be. If it's a delicacy, we're fucked. Yeah, um, it, need, it needs to be yeah. a staple. It's got to be. You know, I mean, cheap consumption of beef is what is keeping the beef industry <clears throat> as is, in my opinion. Mm. There's no way around it. If it happens, it was enabled. It was pretty much enabled by the government because the government has enabled a monopoly. It is restricted inspector for these plants that want to open mm-hmm. up. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, if you're worried about it, um, you can bl- blame the Packers. Sure. Blame the big pack. We all know who they are. Um, they are to blame. If you want to extend that blame to the source, in my opinion, the federal government is going to be absolutely responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've enabled this. They have made sure there is no competition. Uh, and um, the Packers have paid them well in, uh, in kind. Uh, Hey man, hundred and exactly. Uh, the Packers were only doing what they could get away with, right? If that makes sense. Yep. Um, you know, and I mean, you work for Cactus. I uh, I know Mark and Paul Engler. Um, uh, there's no way around it. If they could have figured it out, they would be the only one feeding cattle. They'd be it. You oh, know, hey, if yeah. they could have figured it out. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, they would only be doing what they were allowed to do. Same with the Packers. They're mm-hmm. doing what they were allowed to do. This pretty much rests on the shoulders of the federal government, in my opinion. Oh yeah. No, I I I, I agree. And uh and it just it behooves those uh those Packers to go ahead and uh put some money in some pockets of certain senators and congressmen from uh Kansas and Iowa and Nebraska Texas. and uh, Texas and all, all these all these beef states uh, look at look at who their senators are and look who who pays their their for their campaigns. It's a it's a very uh, very shittily kept secret. <laughs> I mean, and, and you're you know and that and you're right. And the problem is, it, and I think it lies solely with the authority we've given the government. Right, I, I agree. It, 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 and it's like everything else. Inspections were a good thing when they started to make sure, you know, people were maintaining a standard. So you didn't kill three million people because of, you know, rotten beef or yeah. something. Yeah. It started out as an honest engine type thing. Um, now it's a power move. And if it's the same way with, that, with labor unions, too. They, they were started absolutely. so guys weren't getting thrown into lard vats and, yeah. uh, and served to the public. But now they sure. now uh, you got the teachers union that uh, like is is refusing to go back to school uh, unless everybody's masked up except for themselves. And they can teach your you know preschoolers uh, trans binary theory or whatever. Sure. And, and, you know, and that, and, you know, it's if Jennifer, let's say, wants to open uh, a kill plant and she wants to compete, um, let's say a certain somebody was nice enough to give me a donation of a few hundred thousand dollars. That's a no brainer. You're not getting a USDA inspector, period. You're out of business before you started. Yeah. Um, what's that? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it's a, uh, it, yeah, it used to be something I bitched about a lot and everybody did of, you know, goddamn those Packers, they control everything. This is the first year 
that I have been legitimately concerned of the impact it's going to have. Yeah. And let me also, let me expand on this to kind of tell, I, I, I'm not going to say who I work for or anything, but you know, I, I, I work for what, what we're pretty much running now or what we call Lima Joe's here. I'm called beef builders. They're essentially a dairy cross calf mm-hmm. is all they are. We have the data on those calves from the time they're born because they come out of a dairy barn. Yep. Um, so we literally know from day one, from day one when they hit the ground to the time they kill, we have this data on these calves. This is what the feedlots want. There's a couple of these big killers that are starting to buy up these calves. And if there is any way they can do it, that is what they want. They want that pal- they want to own the calf from the time it hits the ground mm. to the time they sell it. That is their end goal. Um, everybody needs to stop shitting themselves. The big killers, if you are a rancher, at some point they want you out of business. Yeah. Um, and it's really starting to come to fruition, and I've seen it in what I write every day, which sounds shitty, but it's true. Um, they're getting closer every day to putting you out of business if you're a producer. Yeah, um, they they bought up a ton of. Uh, I, I I you know I was just talking with a guy the other day. They so all these these little like thirty forty thousand head feedlots in in western Kansas, uh, especially like Stanton County, Hamilton County. Uh, like they they've been out of business for for years. A bunch of dairymen from California and the, and you know like the upper Midwest come in and bought them and and, and turn them into their heifer yards. And mm-hmm. I was like, how much fucking milk do we need? But you don't need all that much more milk. They're not, a lot of them, they're not, they're not putting, uh, uh, they're not breeding back to the heifers. They're just breeding them to beef semen, uh, with beef yes. semen. And, uh, then you got these cookie cutter Angus looking cattle. That's exactly, they're all, they're solid black. They look for the most, I mean, they, they lose a lot of the dairy trait. These mm-hmm. guys aren't one. And they literally own them from the time they hit the ground. Um, it's it it's it shouldn't scare me because everyone is, keeps telling me, "Oh, this is just the hot thing, and it'll be out the door in another few years." Like all of it is. I would tell anybody who says that, I think you're off. I really think we're starting to see the the first real big push in these guys owning these calves and only having only feeding essentially what they own. Mm. Um, and at the time that happens, you're you're pretty much sitting on a product unless you figure out a way to market that is essentially worthless to them. Yeah, um, they they know now they've got enough beat enough carcass data on these calves. They can guess the yield on a load um, with frightening accuracy. They can guess the grade on a load of cattle with frightening accuracy. Mm-hmm. They know. And, and those cattle feed. grade really well too. That's uh, freakishly well. I've yeah. never seen cattle grade that well. Yeah, um, yeah, it's wild. They know that it is. They know the conversion rate on these cattle to a T. They know mm. pretty much within, I would say, about a week span, a week to two weeks deviation of when these cattle will be ready to ship. Um, everything that they want is really coming to fruition, and. A lot of producers are in the next 15 to 20 years, you're going to have to get creative on where you're selling your calves. Yeah. 
Which is uh, that's why uh, what they're doing there in North Platte is is so freaking important that uh, with that sustainable beef. That's uh, there's yep. another one in Iowa. I forget what it's what it's called, but like all of those little deals, like like if you live in those states, you really got to be calling your your elected representatives to uh, be like, hey, push this shit through because yeah, um, yeah, and and. It's uh, it's uh, national and and JBS are both Brazilian owned. Uh, yep. Like how how that's possible? I mean, I'm, I'm as libertarian as anybody out there. How the fuck we we allow foreigners to own our food supply is beyond me. Like that, I got. <laughs> I'm I'm not for very many restrictions, but that's a pretty big one. I'm in favor of. You know, well, and the thing is, I, I'm not for putting them out of business. I'm more lean to the side that if it wasn't for corrupt government officials, it would have been a non-problem. It wouldn't have been a problem. Right. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it was all it was all through uh, through shady shit through the government that allowed these these foreign companies to to buy them in the first place. And, and I mean, it was shady shit in the government. And then it was basically there's no written, no competition clause that wasn't necessary. Yeah. Um, like we just said, you just make sure there's no competition. Yeah. Simple enough. Yeah. And well, this is why it's so ridiculous that so many of them are pushing for the government to step in and save this. Yeah. It, it, fucking crazy. I agree. Yeah. Fucking insane. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and Jennifer, I, you know, y'all are, since y'all are doing seed stock, you know, y'all are selling genetics, I assume. You know, that's, that's one of your, so, how are y'all get? I mean, what what knowing some of that is you know some of that information. How does that affect what y'all do? What y'all are doing going forward. I mean, what 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 do you think? I mean, what what changes? <laughs> um, so right now, frankly, I yep. think we play it conservative for the next couple of years. I I worry that we're getting into like the late eighties with bank interest rates real quick here. Things are going to be real wild. And I don't want to be the guy that's caught with a mortgage and all sorts of money. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're dead on there. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, well, interest rates are going to rise and, uh, well, that's for a reason. They want people to stop spending money because, uh, the more, and this shit with Russia is getting real. Like if we got, Saudi Arabia flirting with uh, China and buying oil in the yuan, yes. and uh, and Russia saying to fuck you if you're not if you're not uh, on our side, you're buying our oil in rubles. Um, that's fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah, and that but it's gonna make the U.S. dollar worth just as little too. Uh, if that, absolutely, but there's and the problem is. So I, I, as I'm with y'all, I'm very libertarian. I am typically uh, a fan of if it doesn't, if it doesn't involve us, don't get involved. Yeah. This is part of the reason why I don't think Putin should be allowed to run roughshod over people. I, I'm, I'm conflicted on this one mm. because they fuck with us as much as we fuck with them and everybody better stop shitting themselves. We fuck with them a lot. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, if you're convinced that America is an innocent bystander, I would say then don't use Google because your feelings will get hurt. Yeah. Uh, but this right here is a lot of the reason I am a big believer. And if, of if it doesn't involve you, don't get involved. We're going to fuck around and devalue our dollar now, because as it turns out, we may not be the best player in the game. Right. 
Right. Oh, and they're they're trying to convince us that. Uh, and I and I argued with uh, with Aaron about this uh, earlier today about you know that you know Russia's really getting their ass kicked in. And so I sent him two Wikipedia pages: the bat- Second Battle of Fallujah. Just the Second Battle of Fallujah was almost two months. Uh, yeah. The Battle of Ramadi was eight months. Eight months it took us to to secure one city in in Iraq. Two months to secure another city for the second time. They've only uh, gone the in initial, there for. They've only been in there for a month. And, yeah, the and, initial Germany invasion, even Poland, took several months. It, oh, it's, yeah. it wasn't like it happened overnight. I mean, it, yeah. This is this is just. I mean, we're we're just getting the party started. Well, and, and the Russians don't fight war like we do. They uh, like where we went in with uh, the shock and awe, and you know, we rolled into Baghdad within what a couple days. Um, yeah, yeah. That that's that's not how they do things. They probably could have, um, but then they would have fought an insurgency for twenty years. Uh, now they're, they're they move slow, they smother it out, and they've pretty well taken the uh, the, the only remaining holdout is that Mariupol city in the south. And uh, I, I'll be interested to see if like he stops there. If he if he's like, hey, Crimea and the Donbass is ours. And he and he withdraws from the rest. Like we're gonna have to rethink about how bad of a guy Putin is if that's what if that's the case. But if he keeps going, then we're like, ah, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't know. Well, what do you do? And also, and I don't. And once again, I am not a Putin defender. I think Putin is an evil piece of shit at his core. He is not <laughs> a good dude. I know people are like. Putin isn't the bad guy here, and I don't get into that that theory. I'm like that shut. Like in my opinion, like no, nah, he's a dick like the rest of them. He sucks, right? right? Like, right. like the rest of them, Putin sucks. He's not the hero here. We we slapped um, him one too many times though, and that that's the Ukraine deal. We have to take as Americans. You got to take a little credit for some of this. I mean. You know, basically, we had a big part in ousting their president and essentially putting a Western-friendly president in mm-hmm. his place. Um, this isn't, and what, this is a tough one because if you do this, people are like, "Look at that!" You know, he's defending Russia. I'm not. I'm saying we've been playing a game of chess, and you can't get mad whenever we don't always end up taking the queen. Well, right um, when when we we shut off. Uh, oil from Russia, but the rest of NATO does not, and yep. and therefore now, yeah, we're we're on the verge of just collapsing the dollar, and that like that that's going to trickle down through not just our economy but the fucking world economy, and uh, and then that's that's yeah, like you were saying that, that it's if it if it smells like shit and doesn't look like there's going to be any good winner maybe we ought to stay the fuck out it, well, and it, that's I, that's exactly where i lay um and even back home you know not right now we're kind of discussing the international um, policies of all of it repercussions if no one's been paying attention i encourage you to start looking back through the housing crisis and home loans they've been giving um and i say that because what we learned from 2008 was essentially jack shit. <laughs> uh, banks are returning to some of their old ways because number one, the amount of money made with that irresponsible behavior was freakish. I mean, freakish. Oh yeah. And 
there were a couple. I mean, there were a few casualties that whole deal, but for the most part, everybody came out clean. There are a lot of things happening domestically with the economy that are reflecting heavily mm. in 2008. Um, we, and once I'm not an economist, everyone knows that I'm just a dumb shit cowboy. Um, I'm happy to be here, but you also don't have to be a genius to see. Um, we're on the verge of a pretty grandiose break and not like a ha-ha funny break. Everyone, I think, kind of has a comedic factor to it of like, oh, yeah, another bust. Or I've even heard people romanticize it. I heard someone like, yeah, you're going to have to live like it's the 1800s. I'm like, fucking great. Cholera is back. Badass. You know, <laughs> right. like, yeah. like, you know, Dysentery, just what I asked yeah. for. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm like, this isn't comedic and it's not good. And the amount of suffering that could loom on the horizon could be horrific. I mean, I mean, horrific in a way. 2008 affected a lot of people. It affected uh, everybody. I mean, it, it touched you in some way. There was another side of it to where the middle class has taken the brunt of it in the long run. In the short run, it wasn't felt that heavily. In the long run, it's really reared its head. Mm-hmm. We're, a, we're a really good blow away from classism really establishing itself. I think the middle class being non-existent. Um, And if you want to see how countries really destabilize and run backwards, um, that's how it usually happens. The middle class is essentially wiped out. Um, You have basically the well-off and the impoverished. And that's how, let's say, in France, people's heads start showing up on pipes, <laughs> like that sort of shit. Um, so, I, go ahead, w- one thing I, I want to like: if it rains in Oklahoma, but not in California, are we going to have like the Oki migration from the '30s, but like back to Oklahoma? Like, the- <laughs> we're already seeing it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I know for the, what this is the first year that like, California lost a seat. Mm-hmm. Um, they had less people come in than they had go out. Yeah, you're you're already starting to see the absolute collapse of a lot of state-run governments. Oh yeah, purely negligence. I, you know, I live in Colorado. I love it here. Um, man, I'm not from here, but I, I'm proud of Colorado. At least rule Colorado because they are. They're kind of fighting for their lives in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. But there's no way around it. Colorado is, I mean, you're, you're 20 years. I mean, I'm not about 20. You're, you're a few years out of bad legislation from this being an absolute fucking cesspit. Yeah. Nevada's not far behind either. Uh, nope. Arizona. And, yeah. And like uh, Nevada is, honestly, like I, I, I love Colorado. I mean, I got, I got my, my boogaloo Colorado flag, but like, yeah. Nevada is the coolest fucking state in the union. Like rural Nevada is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like it's, it's Vegas drives everything, everything. Yep. And uh, yeah. it's, and it just, all, all that is, is East LA. So, uh, yeah. I, you know, it, it just South of you, Arizona is what I really, I'm, I'm a Texan and I love Texas, but I consider Northern Arizona kind of home. Yeah. Um, I love it down there. It's, I've got a lot of friends. I spent a lot of time there. My wife's from Arizona. I love it. Um, for all the good that I love about it, uh, Arizona is about to be a decrepit shithole. I mean, they are well on their way to legislating themselves into brutal poverty. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
uh, yeah, Jennifer, I think you're probably lucky. No one wants to fucking live in Nebraska. So I think y'all are probably going to be okay. Perfect. You're yeah. doing great. You picked a good spot. Kansas <laughs> is another, it's a shoe in. Uh, you don't see people just flocking there. Yeah, that's true. I, I left Kansas and uh, I don't miss it, but uh, yeah, I don't miss it. I'm, I'm not going back to Kansas. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Kansas is a really good place to be from. I'll put it that <laughs> right, right. You're a well-rounded, well-grounded person who left, and you're probably quality people who live somewhere else. Yep, exactly. Tell me, and, and I like the, the Panhandle of Texas, though it's home, and I love it. I love a lot of people there. I mean, I, I look at it the same way. It's just there's not much for me there anymore. It's yeah. not a cheap shot. Um, I, I still love it. There's a lot of good cowboys in the Panhandle of Texas, and good ranches, and good people. It's just not somewhere I really want to be anymore. I'm I'm the same way with Southeast Colorado. I love it. It'll always be home. And uh I think the best sunrise is right off my, my back porch there at my dad's place. Uh sunrise, sunset. That I mean there there's there's something about a prairie sunrise and and sunset. It's it's pretty damn awesome. But yeah, there's not much there for me. I, I don't Yeah, my, my right folks, there you yeah, my my folks don't own enough land. Um, I I could not, I couldn't run enough cattle to buy land and make the the note on that shit. So it just there's not much there for me, and I, I hate it. But I'm just uh, I'm another one of those that left uh, back a county and didn't come back. Yeah, it was where you you missed being an Okie by a slim margin. Didn't just you? a little bit, just a little just, bit, just a little. Yeah, Man, like running out of gas, you know, you would have been an Okie. I know man. my my little sister's an Okie, and uh, I'll always uh, always know that I'm better. You know, hey Jennifer, I didn't even ask you. Are, now, you said y'all left Colorado, but are yeah. are you a native to Colorado? Yeah, so my husband was actually fifth generation on our place. Oh man, yeah. How tough was? I mean. What what made you guys pack up and leave after so long? Yeah, about 70% of our ranch was BLM. Yeah. And I we just, you know, we thought about it for years, went back and forth, back and forth, and just kind of came to the decision that there's no future in federal lands ranching. I don't know that my kids would even be granted permits to graze at all. And without grazing on the BLM, that ranch isn't worth shit, so... Uh, and I think you're dead on. I've been telling the Spania, you, know, you see a lot more, you see it out West, but even more in Northern <laughs> States, I see a lot more Northern guys that are pretty reliant on those federal permits. And uh, you're, you're a couple bad elections away to where you're out of business. I mean, and it's, I think you guys made a right call, but God, how, I mean, how, how hard was that on your husband? Would you say finally having to say, we can't make it here anymore? I think um, it was probably that. So we, my in-laws are, were still involved in the operation up to that point. And so selling was also buying them out was part of it. So it was, you know, generations of, of heartache. Yeah. But we don't want to see it. Like the cycle has to end somewhere, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's tough. I mean, what, what made you guys after leaving Colorado, what did, were you kind of, were you just up in the air as to where to go next or what, what, what do so you think? The craziest place we toyed around with was Uruguay. We, we were pretty semi-serious about Uruguay for a while. No <laughs> shit. 
Yeah, yeah, and then decided to go ahead and stay stateside. Uh, we looked at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, couldn't stomach saying I'm an Okie. And Dude, that by the way, if you're an Okie listening to this podcast, fuck you. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, never, I never met an Okie I didn't like, but I, I have never met an Okie that I didn't like giving shit either. So That's the truth. All my Okie buddies, I like you, but you, y'all, I, I'm a Texan, so I take more shit than anybody else. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I just like uh I like talking shit to both of them but I uh oh the Okies get the the brunt of it cuz they're right there in the middle between between Colorado and Texas so uh, I know they they took the they they're they are the they are the tower in the Eiffel Tower as yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah so uh, where where else did you guys look uh, besides Nebraska and yeah, Oklahoma? We looked at Kansas for a while. We tried looking west, but we just were not going to get into any kind of leased ground situation. Mm-hmm. We looked at the Dakotas. Well, the only thing up there that's not going to be federal lands, then you're getting to res land, and that's worse than. Oh yeah, yeah. it's fun though. You can write a book. Yeah, so Nebraska was, and the taxes here are horrendous. Horrendous. Uh, Kansas really? is the same way. Kansas is um, terrible. As what what kind of taxes are you paying? Property taxes out here are outrageous. There's no ag exemption. So in Colorado, we had ag exemption. Yeah. You can't do that here because that would be everything, you know? That's, mm. I didn't know. See, I didn't know that because you always hear like whenever people decide they're leaving, I actually know several people that have made it to Nebraska and you never hear about that. I didn't know that there's no ag exemption. No, and then there's also personal property tax. So like all of our equipment, really anything you buy that can be put on a depreciation schedule, you're paying personal property tax on that every year. Mm. So uh, whenever you guys sold the Colorado ranch, do y'all do y'all only lease the Nebraska ranch now or did y'all y'all purchase? Yeah. So how much more buying power did you have? being able to sell that Colorado rent. Basically, I guess what I'm asking is, was it worth it to liquidate that asset in Colorado for what it would buy you somewhere else, in your opinion? Yeah, we were in big time hunting country. Yep. So that's where the value was there. You know, we were able to capitalize on that while they're still hunting. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there's, I, I get what you mean there. Um, how are you guys adjusting? I mean, that's a pretty big, especially from describing where you were from. Um, I like besides driving through Northwest, like getting to Arizona, you know, coming from Walden and North Park, of course, you cross crisscross through Utah and all that. But you know, I've been towards Pagosa Springs, which has been way south of y'all, but you know, western Colorado, but and yeah. that's pretty mountainous, beautiful country there, isn't it? Um, yeah, but it's rugged, very yeah, rough ass country, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take a guess your ranch doesn't look like that now. No, it's kind of amazing. We can clear a pasture in like half a day instead of three months. It's the wildest sure. damn thing. Is it? What did that play? Did sex appeal play into the account of where you bought at all, or was it purely we got to go somewhere we can make it? Yeah, it was. We got to go somewhere where our kids are going to have a chance. Gotcha. They want it. Do you, if you could do it again, would you stick to your guns or do you think you would do it different or look somewhere else? Or what do you, are you pretty happy? What do you think? I mean, I could write a book about 
the process of selling a ranch and what I would and wouldn't do differently. You but I, should write a book. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I definitely think, uh, you know, getting the hell out of Colorado and, and the situation we were looking at, we didn't have water. By the time we pulled out, we were having a hard time just water in our calves because all the wells are dry. There's no aquifers there anymore. Like yeah. it's, it's bad. Bad, bad. Um, yeah, uh, I guess to follow that up, you always hear everybody says now, you know, you can't buy country and make a cow pay for it. That's and I, I tend to lean towards that side. Yeah. Do you think for the let's say a guy starts out, and he wants to start a ranch. Um, is it realistic anywhere anymore since you did your ranch shopping around and y'all kind of looked at some different places? Is it ever going to be realistic for the generations coming up, in your opinion, to purchase property and make a cow pay for it? Not if they're going to have a mortgage on it. Yeah. And you, that that time is long dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I tend to agree with you. And guys have tried it. Good buddies of mine have tried leasing, tried running somebody else's cattle. I mean, you, you try to do everything you can, but... Uh, from what I can tell, the age of starting your own operation, barring a, a handout of some sort, is yeah. it, it's just it's not it's not going to happen for you. Yeah, um, not unless you're willing to do it part time and have a town job. It, yeah, and then you know, and that's 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 it. I mean, have something to cover your ass because the cows aren't going to cover the note. Yeah. Um, what What do you think, Matt? Do you think uh, going into the future, do you see the poor guy ending up with an empire? Mm, it's gonna be tough. I uh, if you're gonna have an empire, I I I doubt it's gonna be in cattle. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. like my my dream scenario is to, to make a billion dollars so I can buy a herd of Holsteins to run on open range uh, and and have Gilbert Godfrey narrate it. <laughs> like that that's that's a, that's a unique narrator i know i I'm, uh, i i've got a theory that uh the holsteins will run off every mountain lion on that range because they'll chase after him sure, out of purely, curiosity purely, yeah, purely licking them naked to freeze in the winter would be effective right and uh so i, I i've got a theory but i i'm gonna need about a billion dollars to to make it happen so podcasting it is for now <laughs> and uh uh, you know, and I, I do wonder. Uh, ranches, or at least the art of ranch buying, has become basically an activity of the elite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you, just even in my lifetime, it has drastically affected large ranching culture. Kind of the the old school big ranch cowboy buckaroo or cowpuncher. Um. Where it used to, there was a bit of a safe haven. A lot of those really large ranches for those type of guys, it's going away. And I feel like in a lot of ways, it has really hurt the culture of that sect of cowboy. Because used to, like I said, if you had felonious warrants out of anywhere, I mean, those big ranches were a very convenient place for nobody to look for you. And you Mm -hmm. saw some... There were some rough characters, but a lot of the characters, I think, that made the West Western... Um, lived on those ranches, and a lot of those ranches won't hire that guy anymore. I mean, no. he doesn't really fit that corporate narrative they're establishing. And I, I can see it growing up around large ranches and big ranch country. Um, 
it is making a rather rapid shift in the culture. When you, I mean, guys like Turner, Malone, some of those people that have bought up these massive swaths of land um, that aren't classical ranch people, it's it's weird. Even the big ranch cow puncher that people associated with or buckaroo, um, their time is extremely limited on this earth, I think, which breaks my heart personally because, I mean, that is what I definitely identified with and adhered to. And, um, man, it's, it's, it's going the way, it's going the way of the Comanche. I mean, it's, there's no more room and it, it really is. It's super sad to me because it's just a reflection of the times. Um, but I, I, I do, I, whenever I get to pondering, I just wonder how much time any of us have left at times, you know? Well, I, I always think, and I think we probably ought to wrap it up here pretty quick. I know it's getting pretty late for, for you guys over there. Um, but I, I think I think eventually uh, these, these big companies, like, well, well, they'll buy this land and whatnot. Um, they're going to find out that they, they can't run into fish. They're like, Coke Industries bought a shitload of feedlots uh, back in the, the 80s and 90s. And, oh yeah, and I don't think they own a single one of them anymore. Coke Industries is or still they, still doing they, just fine. They are, and yeah, they own the Montana division, Kansas division, and the division there in the Panhandle of Texas, the Matador. You know, yeah, and they're they have been liquidated. I mean, they no longer own them. Yeah, and uh, and Coke Industries is doing just fine, but they uh, those those big companies they they do shit efficiently. That's 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 how they got to where they are. And, mm-hmm. uh, and when they figure out they can't run a ranch efficiently, they'll, uh, unless it's like, you know, here in Nevada, a lot of the, the mines own the, the big ranches because they need the water, but a lot sure. of, a lot of other places, if it's, you know, like the four sixes, um, when they, they decide that, uh, Weston's are no longer in, I wouldn't be surprised to see that ranch sell again when, when it's no longer useful as a, in the film industry. And, uh, and it's yeah. like, uh, I mean, that, that feedlot I worked uh, there in Kansas, it was a Coke, Coke Industries yard. And uh, who bought it? Cactus. Cactus nose feeder cattle. Like they, they were not an oil company pretending to, to be cowboys. No, they were cattle feeders. That's what they did. And, uh, and I think I, and maybe it's another big ranch that, uh, that buys some of these other ranches. But I, I eventually you got to have... You got to have cattlemen running cattle and uh, yep. it's, uh, I don't know where it goes, but I think eventually I, I'm, I'm hoping for the days of like uh, uh, Charlie Goodnight and, and Richard King where, you know, everybody goes to war for a few years and cattle just run wild. And then we get, we can just come back and start gathering Mavericks, you know? Yeah. That's labor intensive. <laughs> I know, but Hey, you want to build an empire. <laughs> that's a good way to do it. So. Well, the forest service just shoots them all now from their helicopter. There won't be any Mavericks left to gather. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it. I, I will. And I will now. And on, I know we got to wrap this up. I will. I will say on that. Um, I, <sighs> As we, you know, you kind of made the point of, you know, basically these big ranches losing interest. Um, what I kind of fear is at some point, too, um, there's no way around it. Uh, the A lot of these rich guys don't have any interest in cattle. What I start to worry more about is 
not who owns them as much as those ranches coming out of production in yeah. the future. Because you have even let's say a corporation buys them the wrong, you know, the, let's say a Sierra Club type corporation. Um, uh, what, what my concern, I guess, isn't necessarily the big ranches being mismanaged into the ground. It's exactly what you said. As interest falters, it's the wrong people buying them and mm. taking them out of production. Yeah. And like you said, Jennifer, the hunting is what drove the interest on the all sold ranch. It wasn't what the cattle could do. And a lot of those hunting guys have, they, they not only do they not have interest in cattle, they don't want the cattle. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times as those ranches come out of production, they don't go back into production. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like something that they're going to lose interest because a lot of times they're extremists. Extremists don't lose interest. Yeah. Well, once again, uh, if we're distracted by a war with Russia, uh, the BLM is not going to be too concerned about uh, or whoever is going to they're not going to be real concerned about patrolling fences and uh, keeping cattle off. So once again, we're, we're heading back to Charlie Goodnight and Richard, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Richard King. And uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, I'll see you there. Wherever Perfect. you want to meet, hell yeah, we'll hell yeah. And probably not Nebraska, but I'll meet you anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll have to start with uh, the Western U.S., where uh, the ranchers are armed and uh, they'll be friendly to the cause. So, yeah, sounds great. Hey, yeah. Jennifer, and I, I, you know, I, I wanted to say too before we wrap it up, I'm I'm sorry if I didn't give any good advice or play no, devil's advocate, but you absolutely um, did. You, gave you know. I, I hope you guys, you know, I hope in, you know, going down the road, you guys got to have a little bit better luck with that side of things. I promise you good help is out there and it's available. Um, it's just kind of finding, you know, it's it finding the guy that works for that, that job, I guess, is, you know, kind of the big secret. I promise you he's out there. Don't get dejected and say, yeah. you know, fuck it. We're, we're hiring nothing but Peruvians or not that there's anything wrong with Peruvians or whatever, but uh, there there is a good guy out there who wants to do a good job for you. Just don't get disheartened, and you know, not everybody wants to you know smoke weed and slap leather and that kind of shit. So, exactly, exactly. No, I I appreciate the conversation, guys. That was this was fun. Uh, it was a long one, but I think I think it was good. Productive. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me on again, man. And like I said, I, I always enjoy the opportunity to to spew my bullshit to a wider audience. Than Hell what yeah, I man. I, I enjoy it. I, I like these conversations. These are, these are some of my favorite ones. Just uh, we have a, a general outline of where we're going, but then it goes off the rails. And that's 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 what makes it fun. And I enjoy yes. it. So uh, thank thank you guys once again. And thanks, everybody else, for tuning in. And uh, move your ass. We're burning daylight. Done and the river is run and the branches bend low with their blossoms. Stars pull the sun from the darkness at dawn and we build what is yet to be broken. Every day they'll cut you in half. You'll be losing more than you ever had. Thunder in May. Hail hits the sage And you left like a gate laying open 
what's left of the night And we doubt what we never could define What ain't been forgotten may yet be forgiven We got here by walking, we go there by living Quiet to ride, the long trot to pine Circle and knock back what we find I'll yet circle back and pick up what's left of what I like. Thunder will crack, the cattle get back, the sky will feed all if we all last. Rim rockin' red on the rose, live till you learn what you're supposed to. Eat while there's grass and trust your rock jacks and soon enough winter will be back. 